That's okay. You can go a little shorter because I'm falling asleep. So <laughs> I'm all... super tired too. <laughs> all right. So reasonable length. Let me know when you want to go. Good luck with that. Welcome to Seeky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. This is episode 540. 540 or fight? 55, 40? 40. 5 to 40. 5 40 It's 540 somewhere. We can't make it This is where 420 starts wearing off. Okay. Oh, I might as well get stuff done. That's right. Maybe I can do my taxes now. That'll be all right. There we are. I'm Why putting away I... the bottle from last week. They're on there. And I'm pulling the new bottle towards me. The bottle containing water. That's oh. what I'm drinking. Dave, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking straight water. Straight all water. Got some ice in it, though. couple of real tap heads here. Mmm. Water. That is tasty, good water. Pretty pretty pure. I realized I'm uh, very dehydrated in my life, and I've got to have more water. Oh, really? So that's what I'm going to do. How did you realize that you're very dehydrated in your life? Did you uh, read an article telling you that you had to drink eight glasses of water every day? No, apparently that's not a true thing. Um, uh, no, just in general, I've just uh, been very dizzy lately. And, oh, okay. And most of the things, you know, I was kind of tracing back to, you know... At night, at like I'm on medicines for uh, blood pressure and for uh, cholesterol, yeah, and uh, and uh, and also acid reflux, uh, and um, almost all of them are very dehydrating. And so, like, mm. I'm like very, very, very dehydrated at night, and I'm assuming probably during the day as well. So this could be a reason for feeling uh, dizziness I and see. whatnot. So I'm uh, trying water and seeing what's what's what. <laughs> I was fine. I was fine all day, and now right now I'm having a bit of a dizzy thing right okay. now. Okay. Okay. So, uh, doing a bit of that. Yeah. All right. All right. Here's a, here's a, almost every one of my medicines, by the way, uh, has a, a little drawing of a guy going whoa on him because uh, they all uh, cause dizziness. So that it could be that as well, sure. that every medicine has the side effect of dizziness to the point where they have to make a cartoon character mm-hmm. of a dizzy man like uh, stumbling forward. Isn't there one of a guy driving a forklift and it going very badly for him because he's on medication? Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, it's nice that he's got a job. I don't know if the other guy is well, How long? Judging by what's happening, I don't know. If I don't know. Maybe he's got a workman's <clears throat> comp case or something that, you know, maybe he'll end up collecting big time. I sure. have no idea. I don't know how those shake hands with danger guys ended up. <laughs> out of a job. Yeah. Prob- well, probably out of a job, yeah. I will admit, because, you know, a lot of them lost their wax hands in those accidents. <laughs> yes. yes. It's like, why were you using wax hands? It's more safe, a safety thing. Yeah, I guess so. Had need to push a box from underneath a big, giant, heavy... Metal thing, you use Whoa, the wax hand. Oh, use your wax hand. Yeah, okay, all right. That makes that yeah. makes more sense. I guess uh, that's fine. Uh, so, so Dave and I have uh, just come from kids' books. Kids' books, yes. Uh, because we are not strong readers, <laughs> and that's where we shop for all of our Still, books. <clears throat> I do read picture books. That's true. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but uh, David, myself, and the third dragon, uh, Nina Matsumoto, uh, we had a book. Uh, we had our pub day. Uh, this this week, which is uh, publishing day, uh, for the book uh, Sparks uh, Future Perfect. Yeah, and so uh, it, it, one of the places that it is uh, selling is at Kids Books in Vancouver, and so we went over and we did a little uh, little signing, not telling anybody about it. No, apparently you can't do that. I can't, can't do official anyone. signings. Yeah. 
So they set us up uh, with a little uh, kid's table and little stools and, uh, you know, just to humiliate us. And uh, and then we um, drew some pictures and books and got them put on the shelf and that's where they are. So that's one of the places you can get our book in Vancouver is uh, for kids books. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can go to Iron Dog. They also have autographed copies of our book or anywhere books are sold. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can find it all kinds of places. Yeah. It was it was it was not as exciting as the first time when we had actual kids who were excited about getting the book. Yeah, and, and we had a little show that we mm-hmm, did. And we did mm-hmm. uh, some drawings. Yeah, and we'll, we we will be at VanCaf though this year, where we will see children. Vancouver Comics Arts Festival, all ages, all ages, all of the time, all free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another nice. It is pretty cool. Because kids don't have money. Kids don't have money. Well, kids' parents don't have money that, uh, don't have money to interest themselves in going into a comic arts festival. Mm. Let's face it. You get a lot of foot traffic from curious passerbys. Looking for something free. Looking for something free. Not that There's not that much there. Most things are pretty expensive at those. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, because I'm old, everything's expensive. <laughs> Excuse me. Right. But. Bless you. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, it's, it does seem like. For what you're getting, it's, you pay a lot for like the mini comics and stuff. Like I, I know people have to like make it worth their while to make them, but you're really paying a lot mini of money. Mini comics should cost a buck. They should, but they are much more expensive to make now, so they can't be a buck. That's weird to me. Like it feels like you know you we now have we've gone from having Kinkos, yes, you know, to uh, you've got the technology at home to do all your well, editing. Yeah, that's assembly. right. Why are they so much? Yeah, I guess because a lot of them do them in color and. Well, even in color, like you're printing them up cover. on your printer, yeah, or what have you, that's and true. Uh, then you just fold them a couple of times, put a staple on them, boom, that's a nice uh, dollar. Seven dollars. Seven dollars. Yeah. yeah, like I understand. You're right. The, you you worked on this for a long period of time. It's your you know yeah. magnum opus. Um, <laughs> but yes. uh, but you know still in a way. Yeah, the last time I the last time I I, I did a mini comic, there still was Kinkos. It still existed, but it was just on its way out. Like it was, uh, I think the second that I finished my mini comic, uh, they closed. They closed the doors. Yeah. But every time before then that I'd gone to Kinko's, it was a completely different system. Like, mm. you know, you'd go in and you'd have to like leave your ID and then you'd, they'd, they'd look at everything that you did or like you get a key card or yeah. do something. Or, they had the ones with the little, the little block that had the counter in it that you'd plug into the. Yeah, they had the plug in thing. Yeah. yeah. You had a scanning thing. You had another thing. <laughs> It was always a different stupid system. Mm-hmm. It was just like you just choose one, choose one. You know, to me, to me, I'm just like let's make it library style. Put in quarters. It's fine. You know, it's odd though. Like quarters and put them in. It's odd. At, like at Staples, it gosh darn it. It's, it's odd that at Staples, it's still the same like area. Like it's still it doesn't feel like they've shrunk that area down mm-hmm. where people go in to get printing services done there. Yeah. So it's it's obviously still a need. Yeah, people still need it. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I guess every, I guess not enough people need it that everywhere can be a Kinko's, or maybe Kinko's was just a bad. Or maybe it's what, like with Staples, it's what brings people in, and then they buy other stuff, and the other stuff is where they make their money, whereas they don't make their money on the printing, you know. So, uh, so you know, whereas uh, Kinko's uh, would, uh, you know, that was their whole deal was yeah. the printing, yeah. But and you know, maybe you'd buy a side thing, but you wouldn't go in there and mm-hmm. go like, "Hey, while I'm here, I should get a computer." <laughs> You know, yeah. where you can't, we could yeah. do that over at Stables yeah, or Staples. some uh, office furniture, mm-hmm. high end office furniture that's all made of balsa wood. What was the member? So when Staples opened, yes, they had a competitor that was Office, office Depot. Depot, Office yeah. Depot. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
They didn't last though. They lost the war. They lost the eventually. Yeah, they lost the giant so, so office, office supply bar. Opened or, near my old apartment, like it was about a block and a half away. Yeah, and that was life changingly good for me. Then it was just like but there was so, an office depot that close. Oh, so great! Yeah, because yeah, like I loved office supplies. Me too. Loved making stuff. Oh, I love it. And so it was always like just a, I'm just gonna pop over to office depot. Mm-hmm. or just walk around just to hang out and go to the computer department and see what shitty games they have. <laughs> they have some disc with like 25 games on them, and just like, oh, that looks awful. I'll buy that for nine bucks. Yeah, you take it home. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's fine. Good good times. When I first started going out to Langley, there was a really large, it wasn't Office Depot large, but it was a large stationary place. Like It was more like an office supply place, though, because they had chairs and desks, as well as, you know, your your stationery and whatnot. And, uh, but yeah, they just seemed to be driven into the ground by the arrival of Staples and Office Depot. I guess it was exactly what they, service they provided and that they couldn't compete on that level, mm-hmm. which is, which is weird. It's also Grand and Toy. Grand and Toy, yeah. There was also a Grand and Toy. That's true. There was also a Grand and Toy in Langley as, as well. Which, as a kid, I was disappointed it didn't have toys. <laughs> it's just, it's just it a sounds name? like a toy store. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Just a name. Yeah, no. The weird thing about the, that larger office supply place in Langley was it was the most awkwardly placed building ever. Like, it was... How so? I don't even remember now. I can't remember because it's gone. Because as soon as it shut down, they just, like, they just turfed that whole area. Like, because it was a... It made it for a weird intersection. Hmm. It's still a weird intersection. There's still... Like a crooked intersection, like the roads curve into each other, like it snakes through the intersection. Huh. And then there's another road that snakes through. Like both roads are like t- curving through this. It's a really weird area. And it was partly the fault of this, the property, I guess, of this, I assume they own the property, the, the stationary place. And when they closed, they just sold it. And then the city, or maybe the city bought it and they just destroyed it. I have no idea. Now there's like a Tim Hortons there, but it's like, it's like sensibly in the mall that's there, whereas this place existed weirdly outside of like. Oh, this is weird. I can't remember though. I I wish I. It's been a while that it's been gone because when those opened, then there was like the battle between Staples and Office Depot, and then Office Depot closed because it was also in Langley, mm-hmm. but it closed down as well. And now we just have Staples and nothing else. Good for Tim Hortons uh, sticking it out, like a, a place <laughs> that people are like, eh, it's fine. It's awful. Okay, it's not it's not fine, but it's like <laughs> their donuts are okay. They're okay. They're okay, but they're they're but food. There's other donut places that exist. Yeah, yeah. So how does uh, Tim Hortons coffee? Are, is their coffee good? No, I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't drink coffee, but I think that I think there's like a habitual element to Tim Hortons that's okay. You know, everyone else is striving to. You know, like there's a reason the McDonald's and A and W charge a dollar for their coffee. You know, because they they're trying to win customers away oh, from, from Tim, Tim Hortons. Hortons. Yeah, and have they not? No, Tim Hortons always has a lineup. It's always busy. Yeah, why? Like, is is Tim roll Tim up the rim? Mom. Yeah, it's it's. We Tim... associate it with hockey and Canadian sports and stuff like that. Oh, okay. I think it's you that. know, yeah. All right. Sidney Crosby, famous Canadian hockey player, does a lot of ads for Tim Hortons. Okay. They just had their Justin Bieber thing, where they had like the Bieber. Beebs, Bieber Beeb, Beebs bits or whatever they were. Yeah. Well, what the heck are there? Uh, they're Tim Beebs. Tim Beebs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just weird things like that. That that they they for a company that's owned by a, a conglomerate in the United States, it's very Canada centric in its Bieber, promotions. Bieber has an interesting career. In the you know, of course, he was like the the young you know young guy who was yeah. like ah and yeah then, uh, got dark and he was an asshole. Yeah, spitting on people from his uh, balcony yeah. and things. Yeah. yeah, and then somehow it was like, uh, "How would you like to uh, put your name on do- donut holes?" <laughs> well, don't forget he now he's a uh, born again Christian. 
Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he went through a. I think he's. I, don't quote me on this. I won't. Even though I'm saying this out loud on a podcast, it's going sure, to be sure, going sure, to be sure, put sure, out yeah. for people listening. That was to. the original name of this podcast. <laughs> don't, 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 quote don't, don't quote me on this. Don't quote me on this pretend fact. Of, nobody, but I, nobody listened. To I one feel of us like this. he isn't. Oh, I don't want to say this. I feel like he's not like a crazy, but like evangelical Christian kind of guy. But one of those sort of celebrity church Christians, you know, like Mars Hill or whatever. Okay. One of those places where like the the pastor is known way more than he should be. And he's kind of like a hip guy who maybe has some tattoos or whatever. And, and you know what I mean? Like one of those guys. Okay. Does your pastor have tattoos? No. I don't know. He doesn't. All right. He's a respectable gay man. Okay. I guess that is kind of like one of those celebrities. <laughs> no, they would not have a gay man, I don't think, because that would totally put them outside of the mega church. Because they're still mega churches. Okay. They're still like a mega church thing. And they can't, you can't have like anything controversial like that. Who was the first mega church? It's a good question. I wonder. I mean, Billy Graham? I don't know if Billy Graham had like a mega church, though, like a big giant place he would go to. Okay. I know he had like a ministries, but. So those, uh, you know, when we were kids, the uh, Sunday morning. Uh, Ernst Ainsley. Know, yeah, Ernst Ainsley type thing where he's uh, preaching. Kenneth, on T- whatever. On, was he Kenneth preaching Copeland. For, yeah, was he preaching for Garner Ted Armstrong? I don't or, remember that person. Were they uh, Were they preaching from, you know, a mega church? We never saw. You know the one that I remember being like a big place? I can't remember his name now. Shoot. How about Falwell? Would that be a mega church? I imagine, but Tammy Faye. But they kind of, but they were their money was in television, like their television shows, like 100, 100, 100 So they wouldn't Street. do like a, an actual church thing. It doesn't seem like there was much concentration around the church. But do you remember the one guy who seemed very like he was kind of a thin-faced fellow, older man, and he had like a morning thing, and he's very quiet and seemed very modest. And but I do remember them like it being in like a giant place, like a giant glass. Okay. Structure, uh, church kind of thing, and you're like, "Whoa, that's that guy doesn't seem like he's should be getting that." <laughs> that. Right. He's, so, is a mega church is their goal to get a TV show, or are they their own thing? And they no, no, I think they're their own thing. I mean, there's lots of mega churches that we don't, right? We don't know about. They're just like giant, and they make the money from the tithing and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Is that how it goes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, right. and they probably like some churches like that. They'll have a very organized system of tithing where that you get visited by like the church elders or whatever, and then they discuss yeah. your income. Yeah, they get the tithe fighters. They show up <laughs> That's they right. Just, like, take 10%. Sure, sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, then they, uh, they like, literally, they'll, they'll find out your, your, your income. Yeah. And then they'll suggest very strongly what you, what you should be tithing. Okay. You know, like, I don't tithe 10% of my income to, I couldn't afford to tithe 10% of my income to, to my church. I pay a, it's a respectable amount of money, but not. Right. That's crazy. I can't couldn't afford that. You 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 donate a uh, buy yourself something pretty. Uh, thing. That's what <laughs> I you do. Say to them. Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah. I just write. I just scroll on it every week. Don't go out with sailors. There's your tip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just scroll. Don't cash this <laughs> until <laughs> judgment day. <laughs> and then in nice. brackets, you know when. Mm-hmm. And bracket. We don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for like a last second redemption. <laughs> so if we could just right then, very last minute, take it all, take it all at the last second. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I know you can't just take it throw with some you. water on me. It's fine. Yeah, say some words, throw some water on me, get me to heaven. I always thought like, yeah, when someone's like, you can't take it with you. It's like, well, that sounds like you want to take it with you. That's what that's what this sounds like. <laughs> Maybe I will. Maybe I, will I think it's well. It. I don't know. It feels more like the old fashioned version of YOLO. Mm. 
Yeah. Also, though, in the oldie, oldie days, like if you were like, say, Greek, uh, you should take it with you. Otherwise, you don't get across. You got to take it with you. Yeah. And also, uh, pharaohs, old pharaohs, they would get buried with their dough. Sure, that's different. So you can take it with you. Well, <laughs> in fact, well, you should you take can. it with you. It's, okay. Okay. Well, whatever. Okay. So say you're a pharaoh, you're being yeah. buried with your money. Yeah. And your servants. You're not taking all. it anywhere. It's just sitting in the ground, but okay. Okay. But uh, so you're uh, being so you're buried with it. Yeah. So in um, old Egyptian uh, mythology. Yeah. What do you, do they give you your money when you get to the other side? Yeah, you take that with you. Okay. Do you have to carry it, or is it the servant's job? <laughs> Probably is the servant's job. Follow up question: What yeah. are you spending money on in the afterlife? I think it's part are you of, tipping anybody? Well, the money in money in this world is prestige and power. Okay. So I assume that you need to maintain your prestige and power in the in the nether world. Right. And so you bring you bring your, your worldly belongings with you. That's the most disturbing part is the idea that shit still costs stuff. <laughs> it's not that shit still costs stuff, it's 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 shit still uh, that, that this stuff is like has value in this in this In like, what way people just will go up and yeah, look at it? Yeah, there's well this yeah, just that it, your belongings still still are who you are. Right. You know, like I mean, that's same. I mean, we in our lives, our belongings are a big part of who we are. That's okay. that's that's true. But very few of us think that it's a good idea to like put them in the ground with us in order for us to maintain, uh, you know, who we are. Now, does this make sense? Okay, say you're uh, a person in old e- Egypt times. I'm a person in old Egypt times. Okay, and now you can either uh, live your life as you live your life, and mm-hmm. then at the end of it, uh, get your uh, soul, your heart weighed uh, against a feather. <laughs> and if it uh, doesn't work out, uh, yeah. you get fed to a crocodile. Mm-hmm. And if it does, then you get to go to the afterlife and walk through grassy fields. Seems like a pretty, okay, pretty so easy you, uh, test there. Is it? Well, how what, how what, like how big is this feather? That's a good point. I don't know how big the feather is, but yeah. it's a tough one. So so so, so wait, so, you're telling me right now that you think a heart would weigh the same as a feather, or le- or or be less than a feather as weight? Well, I'm sure it's a spiritual feather. It's not like. Oh, Just I see. A, f- a regular feather. They didn't literally take out someone's heart, wait with a feather, and then say, declare, well, <laughs> like, ring a bell. This was how the afterlife worked, was, you know, whoever was the person who would do that, they would uh, bury you with your heart. Yeah, you know, yeah. you take out the other bits. All the stuff went out, yeah. Right, right. So, so then you uh, get your heart weighed, yeah. and your heart has to weigh uh, less than a feather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough, but there you go. Yeah. So if you had... fair. If you, if you knew that this was, like, the way the afterlife worked... Yeah. Or... Okay. Now... You could work for the pharaoh, and you know when he dies, you get buried with the pharaoh. But, but, yeah, but, yeah. no, none of this heart measuring bullshit. Yeah. You're just his servant in the afterlife. But, yeah. but, you're going wherever the pharaoh, yeah. who's got clear sailing. Like, uh, you know, it, it, pharaohs probably hang around the nice part of the afterworld. Sure, right? sure. I assume. Yeah, but you'd be in the servant's quarters of the afterworld. Why would you ever go to the quarters? Like, do you think like you go to sleep? Do you think he takes a well, if, he takes a nap? Well, if you if, and, uh, you if, sleep and while you're your, dead, listen in your uh, conception quarters. of in your conception of this of this yeah. afterworld, you're constantly serving paradise. The guy, yeah. You're constantly serving the guy, right? And you're living the same life that you lived before you died. I your life ass- isn't any different. I would assume like things like you, you don't suddenly get to play soccer games and go have fun out. No, 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 no. But I assume you don't do the base. Like you don't like have to go poop. Or you don't like have the flu, you <laughs> I don't know. know. I, I, you know, I probably, no probably you don't have to eat, like unless it's just for. Well, you can't. You have no organs in you. There you go. So, so you're serving. Yeah. You're serving the pharaoh. Mm-hmm. 
uh, for the rest of time. But yeah, again, you're in the good. You're in the good place. Yeah. Pl- plus, yeah. You know, uh, I, I guess you know uh, job security. <laughs> it's true. You could well, you could get fired, but you could never. Yeah. But no chance of having your heart eaten by a crocodile. No, I guess not. Which would be like eating your soul. Sure. So you know, pretty good, guaranteed. As long as you're fine with being a servant. Yeah. Uh, I would say that's not the worst. No, it you know. sounds pretty awful, but okay. What, what, what's awful compared to being eaten by a crocodile? Well, eaten by a crocodile, you're dead, so who cares? No, no, you're not. No, your soul is just in torment for, oh. forever. You don't, uh, you know. Forever? Well, How I don't know. It seems like this crocodile, what is he, one of those overtures? I don't, think, count? I don't think you cease to exist when the, yeah. uh, when the heart is, it's just your soul. Because, you know, he doesn't really eat your soul. He just eats your heart. And so if he eats your heart... Then your soul like kind of wanders around and doesn't get to pass to anywhere good. Okay. You're just kind of a lost soul sure. at that point. Sure. It's a bummer. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's possible, but you could also like do something really extraordinarily weird and just like live a good life and, and uh, move on. Mm, maybe. Or make your heart <laughs> taste real bad so no crocodile would ever want to eat it. I like how you want to just game the system. Oh, of course, it's all about gaming the system. Okay. Most of this afterlife shenanigans is about gaming the system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm all for tithing. You know, I guess if you if you want to be a tithing, yeah. But a bit of that seems like gaming the system. That's like thinking like, okay, what's the right? I mean, I want to have money. Yeah. But I know I shouldn't have money because you know other people need the money. Yeah. So you know, I'm being selfish. But wait, what if I give? Some of my money. Yeah. I keep some of my money. But, sure. I, got, but I, I, got, I get to keep some of it. Mm-hmm. So you're having a conversation with the church about this. And you're like, well, I, I want to keep some of the money. Yeah. And the church goes like, yeah, just give 10% of the money. Well, wait, wait, just 10%? Yeah, yeah. one-tenth of your money. Yeah. And then you The church just, says, can you can you afford to, uh, one cup of coffee a day? <laughs> and you're like, what's one cup where? of coffee? Tim Hortons? Yeah. Is it from Tim Hortons? Or, uh, wait, is it McDonald's? Is it McDonald's? Yes. A dollar a day. Yes, I can. Absolutely. <laughs> I can do a dollar a day. We'll, we'll swing that. Uh, but the church then tells you, look. If you give 10% to us, yeah. look, that's fine. It's fine then. You're good. The church is not. You can, you you're can enjoy not getting, the rest. You're not getting any services for enjoy, your. No, you don't need services. You're thinking of. You're thinking of old. This is a karmatic debt. This is you're a thinking of old. Uh, it, there's no karma in, in Christian church. But if you're thinking of. Uh, yeah, if you're thinking that you're buying uh, fa- favors and stuff like that, it just doesn't work that way anymore. Favors. I don't think. I don't think you remember this you guy like to, hammering like, some paper not to a door. guilty about. Having, you know, more, like, as a North American, yeah. you know, more than almost anyone in the world. Yeah, you for know? sure. So, yeah. so it's like, you know, you give away 10%, then, uh, you know, you're, you're still good people. And you know who's telling you that? The church. <laughs> you're good people. Sure. And we're all agreeing, right? Everyone's looking around. We're all agreeing. We're all good people. We're mm-hmm. all good people. We're good people. All right. And yeah. now here's the song. <laughs> oh, <be> Maria. <laughs> Oh, I wish. No, I don't actually wish that. But when you think of, I, I just want you to, when you think of church songs that I have to sing, just yeah. think of warmed over Broadway tunes. That's what I want you to think of in your mind. I like, think it. in your mind, like I the corniest. God right here, yeah. and he's making it clear That's that right. you shouldn't stop for that glass of beer. Can't do, can't do. I was just tap dancing with it. Uh, yeah, whatever I, whatever. There's some songs in my, that we play in church, and it just reminds me, in my head, I'm like, I remember this seeing this clip from an old movie. It was I think it was with Liza Minnelli, and it's like, it's like a rehearsal area, and it's like a small off off Broadway p- musical play that they're trying to do. And there's a person playing the piano, and and you know with that kind of you know don 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 you know kind of thing going on, and 
And uh, whenever, I, whenever some some songs in church come on, I'm just like, oh, there should be like someone over there wearing like leg warmers, and they're just practicing their tap dancing while this person's playing this song on the piano, you know? Yeah. I ain't got no god like you. Ba ba da ba ba ba. <laughs> I like it. I'm all for it. It is there's some 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 of them are just like so corny like that. I just uh, but where do know. these songs come from? People write them. Now? Yes. Or are these old timey songs? People write new religious songs every year, every okay. day. Every, there's publishers who they have a website or or they send out CDs of of song sam- samples. Are there charts? Like as in, yep. not not I mean as like musical charts that you look at. Yeah. But are there charts as in this is the top ten this week? Oh, of, I don't uh, think that. I don't know about that. Like, uh, the Lord is I'm... closer to me <laughs> than and, you, oh, my but... Lord. No, oh, no, you're no. close, and get close, my Lord. <laughs> and how close are you? And don't oh, stand boy. so close to me, says the Lord. <laughs> um, no, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. But I do know that my like the our choir director like she she goes through and listens to a whole bunch of different songs before and before she decides on any new songs that we're going to do. And do they pay the, the? Yeah, you have to pay the. You have to pay to have the music. Yeah. It seems like a good business to be in. There's a lot of churches, right? There's a lot of churches. So yeah. if you have a nice song that's like yeah. easy to sing but is also good, mm-hmm. make some scratch. Yeah, you can do really well. Huh. <laughs> Get get on it. I just I'm just looking at businesses we yeah, yeah. get into. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. Could you write a song like that? No, I don't have that skill. Well, I mean, but you've sang enough of. Like, how long have you been a choir for? <laughs> you know what? I've watched I've watched a lot of movies in my life. I don't think I'm qualified to make a movie. Really? Yeah. You th- you don't think you could make up a plot for a movie? I can make up a plot for a movie. I don't think I could direct and make a movie the same way. I don't think I can write a song. Okay, but like you know the elements that go into yeah. making. I know the elements uh, that go into make, writing uh, hit songs as well. I just I don't think I could write a hit song. Hmm. Well, a hit song is a little bit well. You're talking a pop music song. Yeah, right? pop, pop. Yeah, that's a bit of a different situation. Whereas I think like you know if. Hmm. Well, you're just thinking like there are a bunch of hacks that couldn't make it in pop music, so they 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 kind of fell into to writing uh, religious songs. No, this was their first choice. I think it was they. No. Well, it, no. if you think it's all can't, that they don't mean what they say. No, no, it's not that they don't can't. But I think, like, you know, they probably started off with, like, a different dream. I have no idea. Then, but you know, I, I mean, look. There, there might are be people some, who are religious sure, who sure, don't sure. want to do. There might be know. people who are jingle writers who are, like, you know, when they started off as musicians, went, this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, extra <laughs> value is what you get when you buy Coronet. I'm sure the person who wrote that, yeah. you know, uh, you know. Maybe start off going, yeah, one day, one day I'm going to write a catchy jingle, see? Or maybe they had different dreams, and then as things go along and you have a baby, you've got to pay the bills, (laughs) and it's like, well, what pays the bills? Well, this. Okay, well, mm, yeah, maybe I'll go talk to the cornet people. I mean, it's it's possible that, but I I don't know. The way it feels to me is that they are very, uh, uh, very, uh, like, Believe, true believers, but it could they could be like just complete hypocrites writing whatever hypocrites. they, what they think, think will sell to a bunch of idiots at a no, church. You know? I don't think they're hypocrites. I just think you know you you do things. You know, look, people who do okay, actors. Yeah, you know, you start off, you know, your life you wanted to be an actor, maybe mm-hmm. in high school or what have you, and you don't think like you know what I don't want to be selling toilet paper on TV. You don't you don't think that, but you take your acting classes and you do your thing, and then it's like, well, there's an audition for what? For a commercial? I'll do the audition for a commercial. What's it for? Oh man, this is rough on my ass. <laughs> like you know, 
And, and you know, yes, I've often thought of that when I watch those old, old Pepto Bismol commercials where all the people are like, yeah, <laughs> nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. going through all the motions. Oh, yeah, and it's like, what's going to be the motion for diarrhea? Yeah, yeah, and I know how much they get paid, and it's it's good dough. Yeah. So yeah. You know, I mean, but I'm sure that's not what they're dreaming of. And I agree with you. But, yeah. yeah, I don't think they're hypocrites. I just think that's how you pay your bills. So I'm thinking, like, you're a musician, and you know, you you, you want to write the great American album, and uh, and then you know, the sure. songs that I, you you're writing what? aren't quite going. I'm not. Like, I'm not going to say that none of them are like that, but I just feel like and then there's you change a certain the word, amount of you know, uh, you know, yeah. uh, ladies to lord, <laughs> and then it's like, you well, know, this is the South Park theory of my uh, sweet lord, yeah. <laughs> which turned out to be a good song. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good song. Though, what what was that? That was an Everly Brothers song, right? What's that? Uh, was that the one that George Harrison got? Well, sued? he didn't. It's a st- stupid thing. But anyway, it's he's so fine by the chiffons, and I don't. I'm not ah, too sure who wrote that's it. That's right. Okay. Yeah. He's so oh, fine. Lord. Oh my lord. He's, he's so fine. fine. I mean, it had elements of it, but yeah. I mean, he was just you know. He's part of the Holy Trinity, <laughs> including the he, ghost he's, and also the sun, was, and we love him the most. George was he's writing from so a Harry Krishna point of view of. Uh, Every Krishna time, sooner or later, you're gonna cut your hair off. Yeah. <laughs> but she never did. He never actually joined the Hare Krishnas. Eh. He kind of he was Krishna friendly. Yeah, Krishna Krishna adjacent. Yes, very much so. Are uh, those guys uh, still? And by those guys, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Are they still around? Like, do they still go to airports and stuff? Because that was sure that was the joke of the seventies. Yeah, that's very much. I don't remember seeing any. Uh, around i mean i'm sure they're around but just but i was thinking i actually was when i was talking with a third dragon we were driving and i mentioned we went past a christian science temple right when we were driving out to kids books and and i was and i kind of said it's hard to believe that's still around and i went oh of course it's still around it's a religion so of course it'll never go away it'll always right i always have adherence people who can never like you know, ever look look at it and go, what, what what are we preaching exactly? Yeah, what is this about? You just kind of forget all the. I always thought like it would be fun to have Christian mad science, Christian mad science. Yeah, which would all sure. just be going, he's alive, alive, <laughs> and no, he is. Yeah, he's risen again. He he's alive. Again. Yeah. I had nothing to do with it, but he's alive. <laughs> what? That's the that's the number one thing we believe. Yeah. Oh, you guys don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. I think that churches they start off like they'll start off at a, like say they start off very. At the extreme of something, because that's like their their thing, the what they believe in. They're very much over here. Yeah, you got to be to to get someone's attention. But over the time, you just kind of sure get bigger, you, and then you get kind of get more to the center. Yeah, it's more water. And then pretty down, soon, yeah. people forget well, what was Christian Science about actually. Like that, we don't have to go to doctors because we can just pray away illness. Is that yeah. pray away the Gray's Anatomy? Amy Amy Simple McPherson, I think, was the founder of Christian Science. And the Christ, and there was the Christian Science reading room. That would be like in uh, some malls. And you're like, what's this about? Like, you just go in and like they let you read their book. Yeah, yeah is that it? I think that I'm not sure. Would a guy come out then and go like, what do you think? Or yeah. would they just the guy just come out and go, uh, enjoy reading the book if you want? But or it, would you like to buy the book? Or it's equally odd that you like if you went onto like Metacritic, mm-hmm. there would be reviews from the Christian Science Monitor, like just like as part of their like aggregate of reviews. Oh, and you're like that's. That's weird. There's like a movie reviewer for the Christian Science Monitor. Hmm. Like, why? Is it just like a normal newspaper then? It's just got like normal news, like, you know, so and so and so did this, Biden said that, or, you know, war in Ukraine, new movie out. Mm-hmm. This is weird. And what movie did they give the most stars to? 
I have no idea. And do they give stars? Maybe. Like, what is their rating system? I don't. I don't. Can't know. do thumbs. Is this, Neber, like claim the thumbs. I don't know if you've been. I don't know if you've read Metacritic, but it just gives you like uh, ah, yeah, yeah, that's samples. Right. You could. You can click on the link and read the full review if you so choose. But I don't think I ever did. Maybe maybe once, but I honestly don't remember if there was like a. There usually is like a rating system for reviewers, though. I can't think of too many reviewers who are just like besides the New Yorker, like David Denby or something like that. Well, I know whenever they do Rotten Tomatoes, there's like the top reviewers, mm-hmm. and so those are the those are the real reviewers, and then it goes goes on from there. And yeah, then of course people can like send in their own reviews and really skew the thing, and then <laughs> then they're doing the Zack Snyder wins the Oscar yeah uh, thing like they did at the Oscars like a couple of weeks ago, where it was like uh, two two different awards and uh, Zack Snyder won both of them, and you went seems legit. <laughs> yeah, the, the popular award goes to yeah for uh, you know. The biggest uh, moment, uh, cheering moment in the movie history in the theater was, of course, when Flash entered the Speed Force. <laughs> remember, everybody? Hello. Guys, remember all that when, when Flash? Remember? That, of course, is in Zack Snyder's Justice League, which uh, was five hours long and in about four theaters, I think, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it was on TV. Tried to Not watch really. it. Yeah. No, it's a rough ride. I tried to watch it just out of curiosity. And it's just like, so that was more cheering than uh, in the Avengers Endgame, uh, the Avengers Assemble, or the, the lifting of the hammer. That was more? Hmm, interesting. Okay. And then, of course, the uh, most popular movie of the year yeah. was, do you know which one it was? No. It was uh, it was uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Our Army of the Dead, I believe. That was the, what, the Las Vegas heist yeah. zombie movie? Yeah. That was the most popular uh, fan kind of movie, as in like people enjoyed that the most. That was the most enjoyed Popular vote movie that everyone enjoyed. <laughs> okay. And that was the one. I mean, it's hard when you compare it with, say, Flash entering the Speed Force. Yeah. Because, I mean, we all remember where we were when we saw Flash <laughs> entering the Speed Force and the way the people stood up and went, Yes! Finally, He's the Speed finally Force. moving in slow motion <laughs> while a bunch of lightning is in the background. Thank you. Exactly. Is that the next thing we wanted? I didn't. I didn't. We I'll, wanted Flash moving slowly. Let me put my cards on the table. I did not watch the Oscars. Yeah. Okay. Look. First of all, like just this year, mm-hmm. just that uh, Spider-Man movie. There's a couple of cheery moments in that. There was one cheery moment where something happens and something gets revealed and people go. Like, they were just so happy. People were so happy. Yeah. But, like, you know, the big cheer was, of course, you know, uh, <laughs> you know the uh, the Avengers Assemble. Like, we just loved that. Everyone was like, oh. But that wasn't, that wasn't this year, though. No, I know. But it, they didn't. It, this was, like, of all time. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So now we're counting in that, yeah. like, Han Solo comes back say, in Star yeah. Wars, right? Yeah, yeah. And instead it's like, no, the number one uh, was uh, Flash entering the Speed Force. Mm. Mm. Yep, that was it. You all remember. <laughs> don't, you don't tell me you don't, don't remember. remember it, uh, and you know, and you know how you know that it was the best is because the amount of parodies you've mm. seen of it. Yeah, the amount that people talk yeah. about it. So so many parodies. So many parodies. Yeah. So many tributes. You're like, we yeah. get it. Mad magazine it into commercials. Mad magazine called it the speed black. Oh, it's like yeah, we get it. We get it. We understand yeah. it. Thank you. Done. <laughs> Oof. I was like, oh boy. yeah. And then Zack Snyder got up and uh, slapped Chris Rock. And, and then everyone just got up and cheered. It was like, anything was he does is fine. And they the went like, uh, we should change this. Let's just CGI this to make it Will Smith. It's like, okay, fine. Like, nobody saw nothing. This was Will Smith. 
And Will Smith goes, but my career. And Zach goes, shut up, you. You're going to take the heat. And in the future, we're all going to say Will Smith did this. But it's so out of character for me. No, you did it, Will Smith. Because I'm Zack Snyder. And I'm the most powerful man in Hollywood. That's right. You've been sucker punched. (laughs) That's right. This famous expression. Yep. That's actually what Eve said after we watched that movie. She said, Dad, we've been sucker punched. (laughs) I said, you were right. Look, I mean, of course, you know, I'm not going to say anything against the Owls of Gahul. Please don't. It was one of the best movies we've ever... It's been... I don't know. (laughs) I never saw it. And that's where he made his bones. Is that right? I don't know. That's how... I I know that owls poop out bones. It's true, they do. thing of bones. Sure. I should have gone down that road with you. I'm sorry I didn't. That's okay. (laughs) I I, I only saw the trailer. When I saw it, it looked like this was a deleted scene from Secret of Nim. I saw it in 3D at the theater, the trailer. Wow. Oh, oh, the trailer. Yeah. Okay. It looked really good. You went. I was surprised to think the 3D was really good. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. I didn't care about the movie though. It's weird now because like I've got uh, I've got like an Oculus uh, rift. Rift. Uh, I've got uh, something. I got some sort of VR thing going on. Uh, But uh, it's so good. Like the 3D is it's like so bang on that like when I'm doing three like I'm going to go probably see 3D this weekend. And like I don't know, I don't know if it can. You gonna see three D this weekend? Yeah, like because um, uh, I think that's what they're showing everything everywhere all at once. Because oh. I want to see the IMAX. Oh, okay. And, and so that might just be in three D. I don't know if it's yeah. not in three D. I'll see it not in three D. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like uh, I feel like three D technology has just become so much better at home than like why do it in the theater anymore? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Settle down. No, we don't need that. It when you use an Oculus, it has like. You can see through both. Like, it has two eye places, right? Yes, that's true. So why isn't it a binoculus? Oh. That's the question everyone should be asking. I'm going to read that. Cr- I'm going to read them right now. Dear sir, I have a question. No, I thought that was just going to be the starting joke in a stand-up set. Hey, everybody. You guys got that uh, <laughs> Oculus? Yes, yes, I... Who here's got an Oculus? <laughs> That's, My that's question is, all about it's, it's, uh, two lenses. I'm just warming up my, my stand-up act. Why is there no bioculus? Hey, this guy in the front row looks not, like he might be bioculus. Not, not bio. I said binoculus. Oh, I'm sorry, binoculus. Oh, brother. Huh? Didn't even listen. Hey, isn't that who uh, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog goes up against? Binoculus? No, it's, it's Knuckles. I know it's Knuckles, but it's. I know it's not. I know it's Knuckles. If there's two, what if he gets a clone? Then he got a binoculus. <laughs> huh? That's uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. He's in theaters now. Go see it. With Jim Before Carrey. Jim, Carrey uh, Jim Carrey's retiring. What's that you say? You thought Jim Carrey retired a couple of years ago? <laughs> Went just was painting and just a little bit odd? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> when he said he wasn't Eccentric. a person anymore and it's uh, just a concept and life and I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> He's given us enough. We're fine. We're we, fine. It's fine. Whatever we, makes Jim Carrey we have happy. Ventura. We, can yeah. have his, we always have Ace Ventura. That's what I like to say. Yeah. We've always got, uh, we've always got rubber face. What's Rubber Face? That a movie? Face was the first thing he did. It was something, well, okay. It was the thing he did for CBC that was originally called, like, I think it was Introducing, oh, I want to say Dora, Introducing Doris, something like that. Okay. The idea was it was, a, it was a girl who was a teenager who wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Okay. And so uh, she kind of got stand-up lessons from him uh. Uh, when he was working at Yuck Yucks. And uh, then when he became famous later, they rebranded it as Rubber Face, but it was a CBC made-for-TV movie. I see. Yeah. Huh. 
Well, there you go. And then he uh, did uh, uh, what's Duck Factory was right after that. That's what I. That's where I first remember him. There was also uh, a very weird uh, movie they made with Alan Thicke that was uh, an ad for like a Club Med type uh, thing, where he 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 went up uh, to a mountain with Alan Thicke, and uh, Alan Thicke was the cool guy, and he was kind of the Jerry Lewis type. It was very Martin and Lewis, and uh, and uh, Ronnie Hawkins was a musical act oh. and he saw Ronnie it sounds Hawkins. very Canadian as well oh my gosh and he saw <laughs> Ronnie Hawkins he was just like it's Ronnie Hawkins yeah. everyone's like Ronnie Hawkins it's Ronnie Hawkins yeah that's rocking Ronnie Hawkins Ronnie Hawkins is here and uh, then for a very long period of time he sings um uh Mr. Bojangles as uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Ronnie Hawkins does no Jim oh. Carrey does Jim Carrey does oh okay yeah like with uh full-on nope Oh, no, he doesn't do blackface. Yeah, he does not do blackface, no. But disimitating. Which him. is why you can still see it on TV. <laughs> well, let's give him that. Uh, yeah, I, I forget what it's what it's called, but it, it's there. I was a big Jim Carrey fan back oh, then. Oh, man. He, is, he was great. He had a stand-up special that he did with um, Rich Little that I watched to death. Okay. Yeah, and I remember one part of them is the two of them doing uh, uh, All in the Family. Okay. And uh, and yeah, he was doing uh, Edith, and uh, and uh, Rich Little was doing Carol O'Connor. Oh, right. pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. He was a good impersonator. And you're right. The first time I saw him was in that show Duck Factory, which was not a good show. But I'd read about him uh, being on the show, and they were very excited about like he was like an up and comer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everyone seemed very excited, but it was not a good show. And I was I was all in. Like I was like, this sounds great. Anima- a guy who works in animation. This is the animation studio. Yep. Just not funny. Didn't work. Blah. It's too bad. Yep. Uh, I no. I I was just looking for the the name of. Uh, oh my god. What the hell? Get oh out, oh no. Get out of your history. Oh my gosh. There's so much. Uh, oh anyway. There's so much about the guy. I um one one thing that I did like was. He was very successful as a uh, as an impressionist, mm-hmm. and then he went like, "I can't do this anymore," and then just uh, went on stage with nothing and just kept doing bizarre shit until yeah. he had an act, and then that became you know what he became kind of known for. Yeah, he would just go up and just have these like evenings where he would just die on stage, just completely. <laughs> oh, Copper Mountain was the name of this movie uh, okay. that he did with Alan Thicke in 1983. I see. He was also in uh, Peggy Sue Got Married. Okay, that's weird. That's right. And uh, and then yeah, one of his big breakthrough breakout things was the Deadpool. Not yes. Deadpool, but that's the right. Deadpool. The Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Then by the time he got to Earth Girls Are Easy, it was like, oh, we all like this guy. <laughs> we know him. Yeah, he won't go off the deep end. No, he's fine. And there's a uh, Damon Wayans, and ah, oh, he's 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 uh, we like Damon Wayans. Everything is fine. Damon Wayans made it to Saturday Night Live. Jim Carrey didn't. He auditioned and didn't get the part. Yeah. yeah. They said you're bringing nothing new to this, which is possible. I can see why that uh, Lauren Michaels would say that. Yeah, I think that was a mistake. I think it was a mistake. Or at least it was proven to be a bit of a mistake when uh, you know he went on in Living Color and went, "No, oh, no, he did have some characters." Yeah, these could have been uh, some of these could have been yours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was a definitely a different vibe. Different vibe. Yeah, I think in Living Color and Damon Wayans, of course, got yeah. fired from uh, from Saturday Night Live for uh, doing a gay character because he didn't want to just do a nothing character. So he did a gay voice and he got fired. Hmm. And they went over and did uh, good stuff on in Living Color as well. Yeah, I don't know how he got h- hired for that, but he did. Yeah, I don't know who he knew. <laughs> yes, bring the whole family. The whole damn family. Just call it the Wayan Show. 
Yeah. Because it was like mostly Wayans family members. Yeah. 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 You're right. Plus Jim. But in Living Color. The Wayans family plus Jim, (laughs) they could have just called it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Chris Rock was on there in the later. Much later. Yeah. After he'd been on Saturday Night Live. That's right. Yeah. Last gasp of the show. And Jim, but Jim Carrey was there for like to the very bitter end, I think, too. Pretty close, yeah. Which is weird. I guess felt there was a bit of loyalty there. Maybe it was loyalty. Maybe it was a bit of fear because he, you know, his career had kind of tanked at one point in his life. So you probably hang on to some success maybe a bit longer than you should. You know, like a feeling of stability. Yeah, he's yeah. one of these guys like uh, Jay Leno, who isn't. I mean, listen, you don't want to throw judgment on people, but but you know, both of them had been like homeless. Both mm-hmm. of them had been. You know, everything was gone and they just had to like fight their way up through their act. And and, then they, you know, both became millionaires through their act, you know, through jokes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, I think that's going to make you a little odd, probably, you know, because, you know, if you're not liked, you're dead. You're uh, starving. (laughs) You're hungry. People have to give you approval and approval for your humor. Wow. You know, I mean, it's a nice thing to have. But when it becomes life and death, holy, holy smokes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. I think. Do you think? Yeah, especially. I don't know if Jay Leno went through that, but definitely. I mean, Jim Carrey. Well, Jay Leno lived out of his car. No, no, no. I just mean that Jim Carrey had a big career reversal, though. I don't know if Jay Leno ever had like a career reversal, or his was just sort of a slow and steady climb until the Tonight Show. Well, I mean, you know, he did have success. Before you're talking like guest hosting the Tonight Show and then taking over the Tonight Show when you're saying. His, his his climb to success? Yeah, I just don't know if he had like if he did like a sitcom and yeah, it didn't go did, well. He oh, did okay. quite a few sitcoms. Okay. And he had a couple of movies. There was a movie he did with uh Pat Morita okay. that was supposed to be like a big thing and then that just went Okay. Yeah. yeah. He had his share of appearing in sitcoms in the seventies. Like mm. he's in like anything like Laverne and Shirley or whatever. Uh sure, Good sure. Times. Yeah. Yeah. You know But that's uh, not having your own show. Like Duck, no, Fact- no, no, no. Duck Factory was a show just for Jim Carrey. And then and they that. had yeah, they gave him all these specials and the specials mm. just tanked. Okay. Okay. Uh and uh yeah. You know, and he would be on Letterman and doing great and then like I'll give you a big special and nothing. And then yeah, he uh, worked his way up through the Tonight Show and then took over the Tonight Show. But yeah, he's had a couple of times where things just went kaboom for sure. But he always had his uh, stand-up mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, I don't know if you count that. And like you know, uh, whereas and and his his stand-up consistently built, and he never ditched it. He yeah. never got rid of his act. He mm-hmm. never did. It. He never did a comedy special, which would then mean he burnt that act and now can't do it anymore. Like a lot of uh, stand-ups did in the seventies, like or sorry, eighties. Yeah, he never had like an HBO special or mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. that I know of. I can't think of one. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, yeah, I guess. He, I mean, he, I'm sure he burned some material on Letterman, but uh, yeah, yeah, but you can still kind of do that little mm. five minute bits and then rotate it, rotate it into the act, and and you, you're fine. Yeah, with that, but like a full special of things that people watch over and over again. Once you do that, it's done. So I, I think like Seinfeld didn't do those either until like he did, uh, you know, I'm telling you again for the last time. Uh, but then you got someone like Carlin who would legitimately just like, well, that's burnt now. Can't do that anymore on stage. And now do write a whole new special, write a whole new special, write a whole new special. Wow. Yeah. Or I think Gallagher also did that. Yeah. He had to get different watermelon. <laughs> Put that watermelon back together. Glue it. <laughs> Can't afford a new watermelon. Yeah, Gallagher had a lot of specials. Jesus Christ, so many specials. Uh, it, it's, he worked. It was fine. 
<laughs> he was of his time. Uh-huh. And he still exists, and we all wish him the best of health. And Gallagher, too, as well. I, I, I liked him fine on uh, Make Me Laugh, I guess. Sure, he was great on Make Me Laugh. Yeah. It's perfect. It's funny how, yeah, I was thinking about Leno, like how good he was on Letterman, and why was he so good on there? And maybe he did better in a situation where he had a foil, someone to like bounce off of. You know, so you had Letterman sort of calm, and then you had Leno's frenetic. You know, it was usually he had something to complain about. Yeah. You know, like, what's bugging you, Jay, or whatever. And he was the everyman. Yeah. Whereas when you're the host, you're not the everyman. You're not an everyman, yeah, yeah. Also, you, who would call out Jay Leno on The Tonight Show? Like, you know, when if, if he would do a corny joke, Letterman would call him on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh, and he got knocked down, but then he gets back up again because yeah, he yeah. zings Letterman, like, oh, good, that's fine. Yeah, Whereas yeah. if you're on The Tonight Show... Everyone's deferring to Leno. Yeah, yeah. So he never gets to be that. He never gets to come back, which you know, you've got to as a as a stand up. Gotta have the vulnerability. And I guess, yeah, he didn't I mean, I feel like Carson encouraged some um, some certain amount of ribbing at his yeah, expense. Yeah, like uh, Rickles came on for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He'd break something or do something or what have <laughs> you. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. It wasn't okay to go on the snake show and light the couch on fire. No, because because uh, he legitimately disliked him. Like disliked Leno or disliked? Oh, uh, because uh, Bobcat Goldthwait yeah, disliked yeah. Leno. Yeah, yeah. And so you can't have fun with that if there's genuine dislike. Yeah, yeah. And, it's like, yeah. Hmm. and then uh, who's it's? Uh, then then Seinfeld uh, was talking about uh, Bobcat Goldthwait without talking about Bobcat Goldthwait on comedians and cars uh, getting coffee and okay. just talking about how there's this one stand up that he just can't stand. Oh really? Just not funny, just this is just ugh, awful. And people were like, "Well, who is he talking about?" And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, it's Bobcat Goldthwaite. Mm. Can't mm. stand Bobcat Goldthwaite." And I, I understand that because yeah. you would think Bobcat would dislike the Lenos and would dislike the Seinfelds. Mm. Who were the establishment comics? Sure, sure. He was opening for Nirvana, so he didn't need to it's weird to think of Bobcat Goldthwait as, as Nirvana's opening act, but but it kind of works though. You sure. like you need a guy who can scream a little bit. You kill a guy <laughs> sure. who doesn't seem like he'd care if he got booed. Sure. Like he'd be fine with it. Yeah. And where did he get the name Bobcat? I don't know because he used to uh, be in a comedy team with Tom Kenny, and so it was uh, Tom Cat and Bobcat. Okay. Okay. And then uh, Tom Kenny did not keep the uh, the Tom Cat. <laughs> name, but Bobcat kept the Bobcat name. And Tom I think Kenny you mentioned that in the show before. Yeah, went on to do uh, Spike Shakes Bob. the Clown. Shakes the Clown, yep. <laughs> he, he is in Shakes the Clown. I didn't know why he was, but now I know, because they were, they were friends. Yeah, they are old comedy partners. Yeah. yeah. Back when there was quite a few people who were comedy partners. You hear a lot of stories about people who like started off in stand-up in like the 70s. It was mm-hmm. like they were a team. And then they go off onto their uh, onto their own uh, own ways. I was listening to something more contemporary with an interview with Bobcat Goldthwait or Bob Goldthwait, who sort of me a culpa at his past. Sir, Sir Robert Goldthwait. Sir, Sir Robert Goldthwait Esquire, who who um yeah he kind of me a culpa at his past behavior yeah. and, and his attitude particularly. So I I guess I guess that's the thing. Well, I mean, look you. You grow or you or you don't. <laughs> I guess that's it. You know? And if you don't, it gets weird. I found it weird. To hear him... No, me. To not grow. Oh, okay. As a person, you know. I'm exactly the same as I was as a teenager. All right, everybody. Let's listen to the first episode of this show. <laughs> and let's see if Dave has grown at all. I think you'll find. Yes, he did. 
No, I, I, I dragon taste of change. Yeah, I've mentioned I've mentioned this that I had uh, I was at a dinner once with Bobcat Goldthwaite and a couple other people, mm-hmm. and we ended up like talking most of the night, and it was really nice. Yeah, yeah. It was like once I mentioned that I was a comedian, it was like, oh, okay, we're fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like, all right, I'm going to talk to you because yeah. you know this is going to be all right. And it was like, yeah, it was nice, felt good. Was yeah, good. I was like, oh, will he count me out as a fraud? <laughs> no, all right, this sounds all right. This all sounds legit. <laughs> You thought he was a fraud? Hmm. No, he didn't do anything. Just lit couches on fire, as if that's comedy. Yeah, made some good money on uh, Police Academy. I guess he did. Yep. But he's in like from third on, right? He's not in the original one. Yeah, but then there's a character based on him. I think in the cartoon as well. Okay. Do you get paid for a character based on you? I would hope so. Okay. Unless you got a real shit agent, yeah. I would assume sure. Ernie Hudson made some money off of the uh, real Ghostbusters. Okay. I would hope, you know, if they got a Winston Zedmore in that. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's played by Arsenio Hall, hmm. I would say, yeah, I would hope. And it was originally played by Arsenio Hall. Well, Ernie Hudson was busy. No, he auditioned and tried to get the part. He was the one of the Ghostbusters. He did try it. And oh, really? Then didn't, didn't go with him. Yeah. They went with Arsenio Hall. Oh, yeah. I guess he had more of a cartoony presence. Yeah, he then appeared uh, as a, not an official Ghostbuster, but pretty much a Ghostbuster, in uh, an episode of Super Mario. Yeah, the Super Mario show. Or it was a live action show uh, that starred, if I'm getting this right, Captain Lou Albano, Albano? Mm-hmm. as, uh, as uh, Super Mario. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they had a ghost problem, and Ernie Hudson showed up. Wow. Boop, boop, boop. Which is very insulting because that's one of the things Luigi does is he fights ghosts. So it's like <laughs> that stinks for uh, Luigi. That uh, he wasn't he available. Luigi was available. He was the co-star of the show. Yeah, Luigi was. <laughs> listen, Dave. Luigi is always available. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. If your question is, is Luigi free? Yeah. Yeah, Luigi's free. Oh, okay. But it's a Saturday night. Yeah. Don't worry about it. He's by the phone. <laughs> Call Luigi. It's fine. <laughs> We're all going to play some soccer. We're going to do some uh, kart racing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's fine. He's, he's around. He's available. Yeah. And then we're going to really start scraping the bottom of the barrel, and we're going to get Bowser's son, and we're going to get some real obscure characters. <laughs> Bowser's son? Yeah. From uh, Shanana? You know? Okay, look. There's a weird thing. Uh-huh. There's a weird thing about uh, when you get into... Uh, Bowser's uh, companions and sons and whatnot. And they all seem to be, uh, and I can't get too deep into this, but they all seem to be named after rock stars. Okay. So the idea that Bowser might be named after Bowser from Sha Na Na might be the case. Okay. Yeah. Do you think he got paid for that? Sha Na Na's Bowser? Yeah. No, I don't think so. It's time to sue. Mow, 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 bow, bow. Grace for Peace. Wait a second. Did you say Grace Herpes? No, Grace for Peace. That, <laughs> oh, was, their, that was their slogan. Okay. <laughs> that was their slogan. Sure, that makes sense. They were they played at Woodstock. So yeah, you know, of course. They were, hey, they were, that is the trivia. They are part you of just the. Go, Do you know Shannon played a at Woodstock? A lot of groups played at Woodstock, well, but you don't know about A lot of people played. Yeah. Play, you might have played at Woodstock. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know, yeah. You don't see Melanie in the uh, movie, but she was there. I got a brand new roller It'd be interesting if you had like a a movie, a documentary of Woodstock and it was like, and also. There is, there is like a, there is like a, a a version where you can watch some of the acts that were not in the film because their managers are too stupid to sign them up to be in the movie. 
Okay, so here's sorry. Yeah, I do want to hear. I do want to hear that. But here are uh, some of the other Koopas that are uh, that are there. There's a uh, Lemmy Koopa who is like one of Bowser's kids. Okay, so Lemmy. All right. All right. And there's also uh, Iggy. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Then we got Ludwig Vaughn, which just is. <laughs> and then we got Wendy O. Oh wow, that's a weird Ko- Koopa. Okay, I don't get this one. Uh, Morton Koopa Junior. Does that make any sense? Is that like a Morton Downey Junior joke? Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. Then we got uh, Larry and Roy, uh, which I don't know if that relates to anything at yeah. all. But yeah. And then Bowser Koopa Jr. <laughs> Those are the Coopers. But yeah, Iggy and uh, and Lemmy. Lemmy is seems yes. like a real gimme there. So once, always, once, you've, Iggy. once you've cracked that, that, yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of other Iggies. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's possible that their names were uh, that. But there's there's people who know this stuff much more than I do. Oh, yeah. Well, I would them in. Okay. Let's, uh, we're going to be calling up uh, <laughs> our old friend Bob Mackey. Bob. Come in, Bob. Bob. Bob's not returning phone calls. All right. Let me just uh, see if uh, I can reach uh, Luigi. <laughs> hey, how's it going? It's me, Luigi. I'm always about the phone. Uh, Luigi. You're yeah. Right. Are those uh, Koopas named after rock stars? Oh, Luigi don't I can't afford the radio. I don't. Luigi don't know. Okay. All right. Well, then, thanks, Luigi. What do you want to do this weekend? Nothing, Luigi. Bye. Huh. Oh, Luigi. Oh, well, you're right. He was by the phone. He was by the phone. Just sitting right there. Yeah, you know who's getting more phone calls? Waluigi, and that's the sad thing. <laughs> Waluigi. Waluigi. Is that also a, is that also a uh, music music re- related thing? Yeah, it's named after the Wawa pedal. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Wario is named after the Wawa pedal as well. They're all named after. Oh, you after named after the band War. Yeah. You did Lowrider. Yeah. Why can't we be friends? Yeah, yeah, we know. Okay. We get it. Why can't we be friends? And the reason is yeah. because one of you is Wario. Yeah. And you're mean and greedy. Do you forgot life is a life is a ghetto? Of course I did. <laughs> I purposely forgot. That. Okay, I'm sorry. And I would appreciate you not reminding me. If <laughs> <laughs> you pers- per- perfectly uh, Yeah, pers- I'm trying to oh, I'm trying to forget can't certain even say things. Words. Can't say words. I'm super tired right now, so. Oh my god, am I tired? <laughs> oh my god, we're both so tired. <laughs> Why don't you tell me about your tiredness while I uh Unplug uh, the iPad and bring it over this way. Okay, sure, sure. Uh, I'm tired because I have been working a lot of overtime this week. I've been working 12 and a half hour days this week. So, Oh my, 12 and a half hour days? That just makes sense. Does that make sense? They've been working that long? I started at 5.30 and finished at 6. I don't mean, I don't mean to work half an hour. Okay. I started at 5.30 in the morning and finished at 6 at night. Okay, I don't, okay. That's like 12 hours, right? It's over 12 hours. So how long has this been going on for? Uh, for this week. And how long will this go on for? Uh, a little bit of next week. Okay, then it's done. Hopefully. Okay. We're just super busy right now. All right, I'm concerned about you. We're That's super busy. It's crazy. All right, well, this, they're super busy, and then there's maybe they should hire some people. <laughs> we, we do have people. They hired four. They hired five new people. One of them had dropped, has dropped out. Okay. He dropped, he dropped out of the system. He dropped is out that, of the Is that normal? There's like a normal... Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I you're think... doing 12... Listen, you're doing 12 and a half hour days... Mm-hmm. Then the new guy is going to drop out, probably. Well, they're not doing that. They're not doing twelve and a half. They're not hour doing days. twelve hour days. They were asked. They were told they could do overtime. Right. But I will say right now that no, no one has been doing overtime, which is why I've been doing twelve and a half hour days. Oh my stars! Just because we have, well, this week is particularly, you know, busy because 
we're having our normal like uh, I told you got a promotion right so now I'm right. I'm like officially the shipper receiver so I'm officially receiving all the trucks that come in all the trailers that come in from Edmonton okay with with stock and and orders and stuff on them and in the past it was a pretty easy job because it would come in there might be 30 orders on the truck mm-hmm. at most you know usually around 15 20 and you just kind of blew through all everything you just checked everything you got it all done you're fine you put the boxes up on a rack and mark them and mark the steel and then you're done well we had one come in on monday this week and it had 105 orders on it so i have to go through 105 doors 105 check you know i check 105 doors check all their windows check the track check all the boxes make all the mark all the boxes organize them and and so we had, we had two trailers this week, so I had two trailers. with That one also was full of orders as well, so I had to do all that one. Also, right. I was getting our big Alaska customer ready. So that was over 140 doors that I had to organize all the oh doors God. and the hardware and the track and the tubes and everything. And I showed you some photos I was taking of, of doing it today yes. when, I was, when I was doing so. So you can see how much stuff there is. So this yeah, this is because there was like all the shipping backup. Oh. No, no, they, they regularly order this amount. So this is normal. This is a normal thing. So yeah. their normal plan, their normal plan is that their employees. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. I thought you meant talking about the our Alaska customer. No, no, no. This is because of pandemic. Yeah, That's this is totally pandemic related. Yeah, okay. So this it's, is it's, not the standard way of them working. Isn't for no. a month and a half. We're going to get people to work twelve and a half hour days <laughs> and see how that pans out. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it's just because until the government stops yeah. us. It's yeah. just because we have so many orders going out right now. Right, not just. Like this is Alaska order, obviously is big, but there's also a ton of other things going on at the same time. So we have everyone's just working like crazy, getting stuff packed up and ready to go, loading customers in the morning, which I don't even get to do anymore. Like I really used to, I love loading customers in the morning. I love doing dunnage wraps. I love staging orders. I like all that stuff. It's to me, it's fun. Okay. I don't do that anymore because there's just so much stuff that's come in. I spend like three days on one trailer. So by the time I finish one trailer and then start doing the paperwork for it, there's another trailer at the door. Will with there more be? Stuff. Will you be able to once this is done mm. go back to doing this this kind of stuff? I would. Like? Well, we'll see. I don't. I don't know what the future holds. Obviously, but so uh, is it kind of a promotion that has now promoted you into doing things you don't like, or is it to like kind of? Yeah, kind, it's kind of taken me out of what I really like doing, and but it's one of those things where there's no one else to do it. Like I'm the most qualified person to do it because I know. Yeah. I know more about our product than anyone else in the warehouse. And that's not a boast. It's just a, a fact that I know more sure, than sure. anyone else. And so it's just natural for me to fall into that position. Also, I'm hyper-organized. And, you know, so everything is always correct and organized and finished. Well, and it feels like the one thing is like, it feel like this, you're not the only uh, location of your business without saying the name of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so is this going on at all the other locations as mm-hmm. well? Mm-hmm. So they've all got to basically have yeah. a day. They've got to have someone who's worked there long enough <laughs> yeah. that really knows this, but also who enjoys hard work. Like uh, I think you're a bit unusual in that, in that you enjoy like, this is a challenge. I'm up to it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I think like, you know, that's very fortunate that they have had that occur. Mm-hmm. Is that luck blooming at all the other locations? I have no or idea. Or are they now, wah, at the other It sounds places? like they're more wah at the other places and yeah. doing things that I don't, like. Because you go above and beyond. Yeah, our manager suggested, like warehouse manager suggested this solution to some things to me. And I was like, I don't like it. Like, I feel like 
it's cutting corners and you're not going to, it's going to, it's going to come back on you and bite you in the butt, right. you know? And he's like, okay, it's up to you. So it would have made it easier, but if you don't want it easier and I'm like, it's not that I don't want it easier. It's just, I don't want to cut corners and make it harder on the other side, right? Like my goal. Yeah, short term, easier, long term problem. Yeah. Like my goal when I'm organizing stuff is that when the guys come to get things they need for doors and stuff that they get exactly what they need and it's already all ready for them and they can just like easily do it. That it's not, like when I started there, because there wasn't that many trailers, you know, we get like a pallet of order boxes. The order, the pallet would just like be plunked on the floor and there it would sit. Mm -hmm. And when you had an order, you would just go there and like scramble through all these boxes that were like laying on the floor around it and find your box, then you take it away. And that was how it was. And until that was gone, then the pallet got taken away. And we just can't do that now. Like... Like literally, I filled with uh, pallets. I filled. I was trying to think how many I did. So many. I think at least nine pallets of boxes that I did on from the, the trailer, that the most recent trailer. Okay. And like, so I, you just couldn't leave. <laughs> you just couldn't leave that much boxes on pa- a pallet for people to like scramble through and yeah. try and find stuff. But the problem is, is because of the pandemic, because all we didn't have any stock, and then Edmonton had stock where we get our stuff from, the order started to, instead of us making the orders, which is what we used to do, we used to put together orders ourselves. Right. Now all the orders are being put together in Edmonton and being shipped to us. And so it's almost becoming like an inescapable situation where, well, we can't get you stock because all the stock that we could get you, we're using to make the doors that we're sending to you. Mm-hmm. or the, And so we can't get enough steel and stuff because, you know, their manufacturing capacities are what they are. Yeah. You know, and they are like trying to improve them. Because it's the demand has reached that point, but they still have like, you know, in their complex, they just did a big reorganization that caused, and that also caused some delays for us because they had to shut down the machinery for for a week or so in order to do these to, to move a bunch of stuff around, and so then we weren't getting anything, and then we were having the floods, then we were having the the ice Ugh. and stuff on the roads through our our our. We yeah. actually had a winter this year, and so all these things. Plus, we like, were having floods at home. And floods at home, and floods and 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 floods here and everywhere else. So yeah, it yeah. just it just oh, uh, wow. it's all kind of piled up that way. So so this week is particularly difficult just because of the ram order and and then doing the trailers. And then on Monday I've got a trailer coming in, and I still have to finish the ram order. Oh yeah 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 yeah! You got to so, do this podcast. <laughs> I got to do the podcast too. And you do this. another podcast. You do po- two podcasts. Sure, sure. You got a horse mysteries podcast as well. That's right. And. <laughs> Today we dragged you to uh, to a bookstore. That was fun. So we could all sign uh, sign our books. Yeah, it was fun. That was fun, but still, it still work. Yeah, uh, we got to. You and I uh, do have to go sometime to that diner that uh, we almost went to today. Yeah, it's a place called the Sunshine Diner. Okay, cheesy diner. Uh, food's good, uh, and they show cartoons. Like, but it's all cartoons that you go, hey. What is that cartoon? I don't know if I've seen that cartoon. I was like, that's a really good cartoon. It's all old Looney Tunes well, cartoons. Maybe one day we'll we'll eat before the show. Maybe we'll do that. That sounds good. And it would, uh, yeah. And it's there's a lot of cartoons where it's uh, you know the grocery store and then all the products start saying mm. or the or the bookstore and they all, sure sure. But they they oh man the picture is so good. It's like <laughs> well, this is really entertaining. I wish I could like eat slower. It's very good. Yeah. And even though, you know, the, the sound's not on, yeah. you know, the, the, the closed captions, it still works. It's all, mm. it's all good stuff. But sorry, I'm rambling now about cartoons when we're talking about <laughs> well, fine. But why, why are you tired? Uh, I'm tired. Uh, I think I'm still somewhat in recovery from, from things a little bit. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of stuff to do. 
lately as well. So it's been like very, very packed days. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I think it's just, I'm still in recovery a bit. Yeah. I think that's what's going on. And, and so it's made for rough sleeping uh, at night sometimes mm. and, and what have you. But, you know, uh, next week I'm seeing, uh, an ear, nose and throat doctor. Okay. So I'm going to get my, uh, inner ear checked out to see, cause I've, I've, I've still got, uh, some dizziness okay. from the, from the fall and that's kind of exhausting. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if it's anything was like damaged in there. Probably, probably Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm now thinking now it may, it may be that like the other medicines that I'm on, uh, are so dehydrating, uh, that it's been really affecting me at night. Like, that could be like, to the sure. point where, you know, I just wake up like completely, like it's almost hard to breathe cause it's so dry. Everything's yeah. so dry. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, I have to drink so much, uh, so much water. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's just a mix of different medicines that I'm on right now that, uh, yeah, just been kind of messing stuff up. And then the fall messed that up as well. And all I really, really want to do right now is just like, I want to swim at night. <laughs> I want to work in the day and do, and do maybe like, like a good walk as well during, during the day. Yeah. And I feel like if I can just get those three things in, I'm going to be fine. Yeah, but there's also been like a lot of stressful elements to things that have gone on that have been very draining. Yeah. You know? Losing the TV show is really hard. And yeah. so it's like, you know, that made for a bit of a scramble to what else have we got going on? What can we do? Yeah. What can we do to like pay rent and what have you? And, you know, we're, we're finding stuff and we're doing stuff, but it definitely has been a, you know, it's it's taken a little bit of a toll. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and, and again, it is sort of coming out too of the pandemic and there was some you know uh health stuff that's just been caused by just being inside for like two years mm. you know and uh yesterday we uh we we took a covid test and it turned out to be negative which was which was great were you having symptoms um pia w- woke up with a, a sore throat okay and uh and i i often will wake up with a sore throat because again my throat is so dry from the dehydration mm. mm-hmm. so i was like you know we're both feeling we're also like there's um it's allergy season right now too. yeah yeah so there's a lot of like sinus pressure and what have you and it felt like yeah we should get this checked out so mm-hmm. got the kit and did all the kit stuff and but it was like a day of waiting for the kit so it was a day of going Ugh, either uh, it's just it's just annoying that you can't just put this behind you yeah 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 so yeah basically it's a it's a mix of a whole bunch of different stuff but uh, long story short, it's exhausting. <laughs> yes, worry is we're exhausting. exhausting. Yeah, we're both exa- we're both exhausted. Yeah, different reasons, but we're both exhausted. What we're trying to do though now uh, is be a little bit more social. So we've been having uh, teas with friends. Oh, that's nice. And we've been setting up like, and I, I do quite enjoy that. I get to make little sandwiches. And yeah, a little fruit plate. Yeah, and someone always brings something, and it's always like, damn it, that's great. Mm-hmm. And like uh, we had our friend uh, Eric Fell drop by this week, and. Uh, he brought this uh, cheese uh, from a local cheese stop. That was just, god damn it, one of the best cheeses I've ever freaking had. <laughs> but then it was like the next day was when the sore throat hit. And it was like, mm. son of a bitch, you can't even. <laughs> turned out to be okay. Yeah. Well, that's lucky. Yeah. And so we were supposed to actually be having like another tea with another friend of ours. Uh, but because of the of that, we, to be safe, we just bumped it till next week. Sure. But yeah, there's going to be more teas next week. And, uh, and also looking forward to us uh, seeing our friends uh two friends that we haven't seen for quite a while uh this weekend as well 
I saw them recently, but... Oh, wow. Isn't that great? <laughs> Lisa and I dropped by and said hi. Yeah, and you went and you hung out in the backyard yeah, for yeah. extra safety. Yes. Yes. I want to take any chances with people who are very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So be careful. But they're, uh, without saying who they are and what's going on, they're celebrating a very nice anniversary of uh, a health thing. So uh, yes. that is fantastic. Yes. And it was a health thing that uh, had its kind of turning point uh right after one of our podcasts which was neat it was a uh, and yeah it's just a, it's a real amazing story like a friend uh i want to say a friend she was a friend's sister so i don't know i don't know how friendly you can be with a friend's sister but uh she passed away recently from uh she had a double lung transplant as well oh, i'm sorry but it didn't take yeah and she fought she her body fought 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 through it and so then she went into the hospital had a second one done but unfortunately, she was too weak by that point to really mount a effective battle, and she passed away, which is sad. I mean, she did get, you know, from when it happened, which I think it was in 2011, you know, she, she lived for a number of years on on an ox, on oxygen, the yeah. oxygen tank, because her, her lungs were slowly diminishing. And then she was able to get a lung transplant, and she had some years out of that, able to see her son graduate from university, her daughter graduate from high school, go into university, start her, you know, start her studies. So she did see, you know, she did get to see some of those important, you know, little kind of yeah. moments in life. So that's, you know, that's nice. And I think her daughter got married, now that I think about it. So that's, you know, that's good yeah. that she was, you know, could be there for that too. But it is sad. It is sad. Younger than me. I think she was in your grade, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you went right. to, so we went to school with her, but yeah. Oh, you can tell me your name later on. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah, and I'll I won't remember, and I'll feel terrible. <laughs> well, you know, we went to a big school, but yeah, and I'll yeah. I'll hit the uh, I'll, I'll hit the you know annual, and I'll I'll look, I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah, let's all stay in good health, guys. Let's <laughs> do our best. I'm sorry for yeah, you do, do, your you do your best. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's a it's a heck of a procedure. It's an amazing thing that it can be done at all. It's a it's, it's, it is yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, yeah. When you have something that you feel wrong about physically, do you do the uh, check on the Google? No, about never, it? never. No, that's a, that's a bad idea. <laughs> I actually don't, not to be boastful or anything, because I know that you've been going through health problems, but I don't really suffer from health problems, besides cancer at one point, which is pretty major. But I mean, for the most part, like day-to-day life, like I don't get flus, I don't get cold very mm-hmm. much. I do have a bit I haven't of, had I haven't had like a, a cold or a flu since the pandemic, obviously, yeah. because you, there's no opportunity to to get one. I get I do get allergies. Uh, I get allergies at the beginning of winter, and I get allergies at the beginning of spring that'll come. But um, other than that, I don't really. And even those are just very mild. You know, I might sneeze like I sneezed earlier. Right. I might sneeze every once you know every blue moon, and I might. That's it, actually. <laughs> and sure. I might get a runny nose, but I don't nothing right. nothing else very very major, right? And uh, but other than that, I don't really suffer from, I don't get headaches ever. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, yeah, you know, I do have, like, I do have physical, sore, you know, hurting parts of me, like, you know, yeah. just things, no, wear, wear and like, tear things. Yeah. yeah, no, I've seen them, uh, <laughs> I've seen them on the podcast, yeah, understood. <laughs> you know, it's weird, like, I, when I wake up in the morning, I can't bend this arm, like, I can't, oh, I can't, like, make my elbow work. Okay. I have to, like, hold, hold my arm over it and then force my, my elbow up. Just to kind of get it moving again, it's just it's just a fro. I don't know what they call it, what they call it frozen elbow. Makes sense, but no, it's just uh, it's just weird. It's just part of my uh, fishing related. 
so when you uh, when before you work out, you do stretching or anything like that. I do stretching that? after I work out, actually. Oh, that's okay. Well, yeah, I've, I do. Heard, car- I've heard both. I've I do cardio both. before I work out. Okay, so which is kind of stretching, and then I when I'm finished, I I stretch out. All right. And did someone uh, lay out a routine for you for that, or did you just come upon it yourself as to this is what works for you? Uh, well, because I've had a couple of of uh now that i said i don't get sore i've had a couple of uh, back issues mm-hmm. i just incorporate those exercises into my stretching because that's where i really need really need the stretching so but you back. had a professional tell mm-hmm. you these are the exercises mm-hmm. yeah. you should put okay yeah uh, they're pretty good actually they're actually fi- i find them effective in the sense that they're very un- dis- they just, they're not comfortable to do so i feel like i am stretching out some parts of me that need to get stretched okay. out and you know when you're doing running and stuff and or doing leg days and things you get your hamstrings will start to pull on your back and give you a sore back, like a sore lower back. And for a long time, you'll be like, oh, I don't know why my back's so sore. And then one day someone says, oh, you should do some stretches. And then you start doing stretches and you're like, well, my back isn't sore. So obviously I should have been doing stretches. If only I'd known this, but yeah, you don't. Because you don't think about stretches. I think for guys, like a lot of guys don't want to do cardio and we don't want to do stretches because there's no, there's nothing enjoyable about them in the sense that there's nothing to look at. You can't see the results of your stretching. Yeah. You don't really see much results from your running. Like you don't get like big muscles from running. You know, you you might lose some weight, but you're not you're not seeing like like things that when you're standing by the the, the mirror and you're lifting the weights and you can see like more muscles in yourself. Then you're like, yeah, this is working. But when you're doing stretches, you know, you just you don't see anything. So you're just kind of like, blah. Yeah, I can skip this. But yeah, no, I I don't skip it though. I do them like thirty second. Like I have a little timer on my watch, so I'll just do thirty seconds of stretching. Yeah, I gotta do. I gotta do more stretching. I gotta get. I'm. I don't I'm mean thirty to... seconds in total. I mean thirty seconds of a stretch. Understood. Then... Yes. <laughs> um, I'm. I, I used to do uh, a boxing video game, and uh, there was a really good stretching routine that was like before and after mm. that I think was even better than the the boxing routine in it for for where it was the cardio element. Uh, but I, I think I got to get back to that. Mm, yeah, mm. I was doing a ring fit thing as well for for quite a while. That was uh, that was good, but then like that got just a little bit too intense. Okay, uh, but uh, no, it was, uh, it was it was good. I, I it like um, my wife has always had the idea of a of a nerd gym. That would like be all the kind of video game type things, you know. That people, you know, basically you set up the the system that you've got for all these VR places, yeah. that are around, which I think like can't last because people have VR systems at their home that are better than that. Uh, but what you can that's do, how they set it up. What's that? To me, not to, sorry to interrupt. But Please, you know, actually carry on with what you're saying. And then tell I was me just going to say like, but it, I think like if you if you set up like a gym that had you know some interesting video screens and some game elements to it mm-hmm. that would be distracting, you know that uh, you know I think there's there's definitely people who what, would want to do Law that. and Order on the TV by the <laughs> by the bike isn't good enough. Yeah, when I'm when I'm looking at the Ukraine tragedy while uh, you know <laughs> trying to do the old uh, yeah. rowing machine, yeah, yeah, it really makes me feel like. This is time well spent for me. Do you do stretches when you're? Uh, no, not not in public. No, okay. It feels weird to stretch in public. Oh, it feels very vulnerable to stretch in public. Oh, that's weird. That's where I stretch. Also, because so. I'm a shitty stretcher. Like I've always been like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not that like not very flexible. Since, like for you know, uh, since I've been like past twelve since yeah, puberty yeah. hit. Yeah, yeah. I have not been a flexible person by no, any, no, by any me means. Me neither. I also do work stretches. I do hand stretches for work. It looks like you're uh, putting your hands out to say, no more work for me, yeah. please. That's what I no, said. I've had enough of the. F- I do today. this. No more work for me, please. <laughs> so I'm stretching my hands like the most I can back towards my, my elbow. Okay. 
And then I make like a motorcycle thing, like I'm riding a bike, broom, broom. And I do that, and then I twist them down mm. and do that. And I, it really helps my wrists because my job involves a lot of lifting, but also a lot of manipulating your hands and stuff and manipulating your wrists. And it really helps. I learned that from Rajan, Robin Buji, actually. Oh, nice. He posted a video of some guy who was a drummer who had recommended these hand stretches. And so I started doing them and they really helped with my sore wrists. And I was like, well, that works. So there was a guy that. who did, uh, yeah, on, online did some neck stretches that I still do like almost every day. Mm. I'll do them in the shower while I'm washing my hair or whatever. And they're all very silly. Uh, <laughs> but they all have like really easy names to remember. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't pulled my neck like as long knock on wood as long as I can remember since doing these things. Yeah. Yeah. And like there were some uh, uh, ones for the upper back too. So. You know, there'd be times where, like, you know, maybe once every six months I'd reach for something and then go, and you'd feel that. <laughs> I haven't had that happen. Yeah. So, my, yeah, you're right. There's no immediate payoff, except, you know, yeah. the payoff is you don't pay later. Well, and, yeah, but no one thinks in those terms. I mean, if people didn't, people thought about what, what would cost them later in life, they would hardly do anything. So, right. you know, like, eh. I'm just talking about guys. Women are the opposite of that. The women love cardio. And they're indifferent to weightlifting for the most part. I'm just speaking in generalities, obviously. There's yes, lots of women who, yeah. who lift weights and lots of men who do cardio. But I'm just speaking in generalities of people who, you'll see them at the gym. There's guys that they don't like doing leg days. They have chicken legs with big giant upper bodies, mm -hmm. you know, and they're not really into doing any cardio. And I see them all the time. And, like, and I, I see both sides all the time. I see both, you know, women who come in and just do the machines and leave and it's fine, but I don't think you're getting the full benefit of the gym if that's what you're doing. You know? Yeah, it's it's interesting to me, like, swimming. Swimming, to me, covers so many things that, you know, I I mean, sometimes I'm, like, just exhausted afterwards. Sure, yeah. Like, you don't, but I don't feel it while I'm doing it. Like, mm -hmm. when I'm swimming, I can swim forever. Like, mm -hmm. I can go to Kit's, Kit's uh, pool is a very, very large pool that we yeah. have here. And, you know, I could do laps in that for, like, you know, forever. And no no problem uh, what whatsoever. Uh, and then, yeah, afterwards you, you do, you do feel it, but just interesting, <laughs> to people, like it's an exercise that I can do and I feel good doing it. And it feels like it covers a lot of bases Yeah, and that I feel like it's good cardio, but it's also good, oddly enough for acid reflux, because while I'm swimming, things get closed up inside. Like there's no, I never would ever have like an acid, uh, issue yeah. while swimming. Cause like things close, it's yeah. like you're swimming. Yeah. And also, and also I, emotionally it works for me because for the most part you can't think of anything else while you're swimming except you're swimming because mm -hmm. if you get distracted you drown <laughs> so it's just like there's a survival element that kicks in that i'm just like no i'm i'm paying attention to this swimming mm. and who's in front of me and who's behind me and what's going on okay all right here we go and I, it just it covers so much and it feels really really good i can do that and i at least like in the past i've been able to walk for like forever i can walk all day and uh, and have no problems at all with that you know, but, uh, you know, a lot of the other Jimmy things just, like, completely connect with uh, high school or what have you mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. just don't feel like this is not the place for me <laughs> at all. Well, I think, yeah, I think there's that feeling of judgment when you go to the gym that people are looking at you and going, why is this guy here? What's this guy doing? But and Also, it feels like everyone else knows what they're doing, too. It feels like you're walking well, in on a system yeah. that you do not get mm -hmm. and, like, okay, this guy I, knows I agree. when you use this machine mm -hmm. and is there a lineup is there a way how do we know when it's time what's going on can i be at this mirror or is yes this, yeah well, that's what i liked when i first joined the gym the one i joined had like a free you had a free um 
session with it with a physical trainer who would put together a plan for you like yeah. and ask what you were wanted you know and then would put together like a, a suitable workout plan you know so they'd ask like you know why you were why you're at the gym like what were you what do you want yeah. what are your goals yeah but also how often are you going to come you know yeah so because the plan has to deal with that too like how often are you gonna be there every day you're gonna be there three times a week what's what's your plan yeah and then you know so then they take you around and show you how the machines work and that you're going to be using and that was really helpful for me because then i'm just like okay well this is my system or my program and i'm just going to do this program that's what I did. I started in the program. I would wonder, like, with that... Okay, there's a couple of things that pop into my head when I hear that. One, I would think, like, it would be nice then to also have that same free thing in a month. And just go, now that you've been here, mm-hmm. uh, what's your plan well, they, now? Well, they did. Yeah, did they? You could, okay, you that's could have good. other consultations. That, yeah. that, that's nice. Because I think, like, your goal when you start is a different thing than your goal when you understand what this is like mm. and what it's doing for well, you. Maybe. I, I might have come in with a, more of a plan than, than maybe other people. Because I, I, I never changed what my goal was. So. Right. But I think there are people who are just like, uh, New Year's resolution. I'm yeah. going to da 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 Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and honestly, gyms are based on that. You know, the idea oh, that, yeah. look, people are going to come in, sign up, and never... Yeah. You know, they're going to buy the gift card and they're never going to, like, you know, spend it. So. I mean, we say that about gyms, but I, and I mean, I'm sure gyms have that element to them. But, like, from my experience of the people who work in gyms and stuff like that is they're they're happy you're there. Mm-hmm. And they're happy when you're doing well. I guess Especially because I, I go to a smaller gym as well. Right. So. I mean, I, I, I remember, like, uh, going to fitness world and getting the hard sell. Yeah, that's a bit of a different situation. You know, it would yeah. be like, uh, you know, coming in. Well, I heard there's the $30 a month thing. There certainly is. You'll be in that corner, and that's all the gym equipment that you can use. Or what we've got over here is state of the art. Da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Magic da boo. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But you know, obviously, this was a loss leader situation, and and then you know, you could tell anything that you say to them, they're going to be able to spin. You know, you're supplying them with their sales pitch. Yeah, yeah. What are your goals? Well, my goals are I want to look better in hats. Well, we. We focus on hats head size here. Yeah, this yeah. is what we do. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But it's nice, yeah, you got a smaller gym then it's more, you know, real. Yeah, and it feels like there's more personal Yeah. It's more personal relations between people. And then like I say, they're happy to see you. But yeah, I mean it really is up to you though how you feel about how you are at the gym, because no one else no one else cares. Mm-hmm. No one else cares about you. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. They're just doing their own thing. It's weird that there's no shows, TV shows, because yeah. there used to be, you know, like, uh, again, when I was a boy, uh, we, <laughs> we used to have shows like uh, Kareem's Yo- Yoga, and this woman who would be like, okay, we're going to do half hour yoga here, and and then, and you know, she'd just do yoga, and you'd, I guess, you know, you'd follow along and do the yoga, and it all seemed impossible to me, yeah. <laughs> even as a kid with, with yeah, the most flexible I could ever be, yeah. that's fine, but it and and I know there's Jack Lalane. He had a he had a show, <laughs> but there doesn't seem to be that many shows that are just like okay, here's how to exercise. Here's mm. how to well, do these things. YouTube, yeah. Nowadays, YouTube. There is there is YouTube. Yeah, that's right. There's people who have like exercise programs and stuff you can follow. And yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were in the in the past too. There was Richard Simmons and other people who did who did exercise programs like daily. Yeah. Things that's that you the thing, could do. Richard, like that's the thing. It's like, it, but it feels like it went Jack Lalane, okay, Richard Simmons. There were others, but yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. I, because I, because I remember those two. Yeah, 
That's it. There were video. There's Jane Fonda and there's another lady. Well, no, no, that's right. Well. You could get a VHS tape. Yeah. But then even that is like it went. It went to then Jane Fonda's VHS tape, and that was insanely popular. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy popular. Yeah. So you would think like, well, this is so popular. Wouldn't there be? Wouldn't someone go? This is a TV show, man. Let's make a TV show because Richard Simmons was popular. Do you just mean like a, a primetime show? No, no, just like because there were there were the day, there were lots of one. There like were lots exercise of, shows. I don't remember the names of the people now because it's all, all gone away. Because I can't but, remember. Like you know, you were too busy watching game shows. I was looking. I, did for, like a, I, did I was like looking for other things show. to watch. So you know, ladies and leg warmers hopping around was right up okay. my alley. If that was the case, yeah, sure, sure. There were different shows for sure. Yeah, because I mean, Jane Fonda, like you say, it was a big sensation. So and Richard Simmons was, and so and was Jack pe- Lalanne. He and people had a said show for forever. People said, "Let's let's do our own show. Let's get hire our own lady, our yeah. own guy." And that's the thing. It seems like it's the cheapest show in the world. It's <laughs> yeah. a mat and some lights, <laughs> yep. and there you go. Yeah. How is that not you know a half hour? <laughs> yeah. It was it, like the uh, the Koreans yoga thing. Yeah. Again, I had. Feelings I didn't understand as a kid as well. <laughs> and then there'd be times where I would go to watch uh, like the Alan Thick or Don Heron show mm-hmm. and uh, and you get there too early. And so you went to the cafeteria at BCTV, British Columbia Television, and uh, and she'd be there. And she'd be eating a salad. And it was just like, it's Corinne. She's eating a salad. Of course she is. Yeah, of course she is. <laughs> Good for her. She's eating a salad over there yeah. next to Pete Barbooty. I'm like, all right. Famous uh, comedic uh, trumpet player. And Pete's not talking to her. They'd have nothing to say to each other at all. <laughs> That's fine. He yeah. was not eating a salad. He was not eating a salad, no. <laughs> he was just eating a big cocaine sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking a big cocaine cigar. Sure. Yeah. Nice. Um, I was going to say about VR places. Was my, my idea what would be a great VR place? Sure. Isn't like a place that's just like your living room, only they have the VR device in it. It would be taking like a warehouse space and at putting in hallways and elements in it that then you would overlay the VR game onto so that it was like a spaceship. Yeah. Or you were in a kind of a doom that's not, thing. Uh, that's not VR then. That's augmented reality. Okay. Yes. And I think that would be a lot more fun. Or you could make like augmented... Re- you could make like a park, an augmented reality park where... You know, where you walk down this path and these things are happening in it and stuff like that. Yeah. And that would be, to me, that would be more fun. But I guess that's different for virtual reality, as you say. No, no, it's it's fine. You could mix virtual reality in with augmented reality. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, both things for sure. And I think that would be more more fun use of that technology. I think, yeah, the one thing... It just has to catch up. That's a problem. Like right now, the technology is kind of where we were with Tanqueray or whatever, Battle Tank. Yeah. You know... Like, when video games started, the graphics were pretty simple, and over time they got better and better, and we are, were more and more impressed by them. And then and then that's going to happen with, with VR. Like, you're going to start with, with uh, you know, lightsaber, or late, sorry, uh, what's it called again? Late? Oh, Beat Saber. Beat Saber, yeah. You know, which is very geometric images sure. coming at you that you just, you know. Almost Tetris pieces. Yeah, right? yeah. And But, you know, that's the start. And eventually it'll get more complicated, and over time... It will get very complicated. We were playing a, you were showing me a gun, a gun play game, which was quite fun. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit more elaborate than Beat Saber. Pistol Whip, yeah. But not much more yeah. elaborate than, you know. But, you know, it'll come over but time. It, but the interesting thing about that game to me is, you know, graphically it's very simple. Mm-hmm. But that's almost to its advantage. Sure. Of like, if it was more complicated, 
you wouldn't get as immersed into it, but because it's such simple shapes. I don't know about that. I don't know. I think if you were to like see like you're a making excuses detailed for these image games. in front of a detailed background, sure. you're Who less likely that? to react to what? That thing that's coming at you, whereas like yeah. a ball's coming. It would make at it a you. little bit more difficult. Maybe. I think it would make it be, you know, it'd, just, it'd be different. I mean, it, may, it wouldn't be the same, but it would be different. I mean, I guess you could well, have ones that's that. It's coming. It's coming. So you could have stylized games like that, you know, or, or ones that are more realistic. It's, you know, totally up to the, the buyer. But I think, yeah, I think, I yes, it's coming. It'll yeah. t- eventually the technology and the storage and the processing speeds will all. Yeah. The, I, I, pl- I gave you, uh, or I played you a video game. I won't say I played you. You put you into a video game. Uh, that was, that <laughs> you was played one me already. That... didn't show me about pistol whipping and a game called Pistol Whip. Yeah. Oh, you can do pistol whipping, though, if it comes up close to you. I know, but you didn't tell me that when I was playing the game. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Do you know what's fun, actually, about that is <laughs> I didn't realize that there was a uh, story mode to it. Oh, I see. So there's one, yeah, where you're like, do the thing and you yeah. shoot everything. And like, all right, you made it. And then he's like, you're now on da, 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 this this planet. Yeah. Like, okay, now I've got it. So you pick up your gun, and then it goes, out of bullets. Good luck. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I've just got to hit everything now. Yeah. And then the next level is just pistol whipping, just beating things with your, with okay. your gun okay. and dodging bullets, which yeah. is pretty great. Huh. Um, but yeah, I played a game for you uh, that was like a, like robot robot rescue, some sort of sure. That was very nice. Those were yeah, nice graphics. Which again, yeah. it was very yeah. The graphics were very nice. They were simple graphics, mm-hmm. but they were very uh, effective. And they, there's yeah. a scene where like you go underwater, and I played it for a couple of different people. Where like you're on a beach, yeah. Then you get on this mat, and then the mat takes you underwater, and everyone goes, "Whoa!" <laughs> it's just this. Okay, yeah. What's this about? Yeah. 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 And then you're underwater, and it's that feeling of like, all right, okay, I gotta deal with things differently. Everything's a little slower. It's, it's, yeah. it's very interesting. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, there's, it's there's going a, to get better. Yeah, there's a game time. that uh, I'm I'm trying to get a little more into now called Moss. That's uh, you're this little mouse, and she's uh, got a little sword and and got got to defend herself and get through this series of puzzles. Okay, and you're also this. Uh, you're both controlling the mouse. And your uh, reading a book uh, where you're a giant in this story that she sometimes looks up and sees you. <laughs> and you can, and there's occasionally you'll see a mirror and you'll see yourself in the mirror and you're this giant. And it's just this feeling of, oh, it's just a weird, immersive feeling of just like you really want to protect this little mouse. And you really do feel like you're a giant in this world. And, uh, and, and yeah, if something goes badly, you feel badly about it. And there's, there's times where like you're in water and you're just like I'm just looking around like is there something in the water with me? This is this is legitimately creepy that I'm in this water right now. I don't like being up to my neck in this water. Oh, I know it's not real. Yeah. I know it's not real, but okay, you're fooling me. You're fooling my brain. This is interesting. Huh. Yeah. So we live in an interesting world for that. <laughs> we, live in, yeah. we live in interesting times Te- yeah technology is getting very very interesting and we're you know in entertainment soon we'll be past the era of the multiverse and then you know we'll move on to there people really like a multiverse right now holy cow they like a multiverse yeah we're, we're gonna get through that for uh for a scientific theory that's becoming more and more outmoded it's uh interesting how much it's gripped the popular popular mind well, I think what it's, I don't know if it's gripped the popular mind as much as it's gripped uh, corporations that have uh, bought other corporations so much <laughs> to the point where it's like, how much property do we own? We own this. Okay. Well, we own how many Batman? I don't know. Got at least 25 different types of Batman. Yeah. Well, which one are we going to use? 
Listen, I got an idea. What if all the Batman show up in one movie? What? Yeah. How about that? And also, all these other characters that we uh, that we own, we can put them in there too. And f- and so the movie is both an ad for our other movies while also being a movie. Yeah, fuck. Of course. Do that. Do that. Of course, why wouldn't you do that? We own them, right? Yeah, you own them. Well, do it! <laughs> it's just sitting on the shelf. It's not yeah. making money. Yeah. Make some money. There you go. And that's all your multiverse movies. <laughs> no, yeah, it's certainly uh, helpful that way too. You're right. Thanks. Appreciate You're welcome. It. No problem. All right, Dave. There's uh, just yeah, just so people know, no no dark shadows this week. Everyone, sorry about that. Right. Give you time to catch up, but uh, I'm uh, didn't have time. Yep. to Watch. Uh, As well, Dave says, never give a sucker an even break, and so because he's a blood sucker. <laughs> I thanks for calling me a blood sucker, but I uh, I no the blood sucker is the vampire. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So um, yeah, I did have time. This is my time was spent like I'd be like Lisa B. Do you want to watch TV? I'd say. No, I'm going to read for a little bit. And by that, I mean I'm going to have this book on my face while I sleep. Nice. So. No, rest up. Uh, you should, by the way, remake uh, Never Give a Sucker an Even Break with W.C. Fields. But, like, have a guy play W.C. Fields, but he's fighting vampires. <laughs> nah, shame. That's, that's Edward G. Robinson. That's what <laughs> Get out of here. Fly. You bother me. There you go. Hey, you bat. <laughs> so, uh, last week. I was just, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I was just. Oh, please. The other day I was like looking at my W.C. Fields movie collection and I was thinking, I have to watch one of those movies soon because I really need, sure. I need a little bit of a W.C. Fields. Uh, also, when Dave gets to relax a little bit, we'll be doing our uh, Beatles thing. So we'll... Uh, yes, we'll be getting that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yes, you should watch W.C. Fields because he's good. Why not? Mm. So so last week we had a question of the week. Uh, we had a three we had uh, one, and then we had two sub-questions. One question of the week was, have you ever traveled somewhere because you'd seen it in a movie or a TV show or read about it in a book? Then, did you ever have a mentor? Then, have you ever had a bad vacation experience? So many questions. <laughs> Let's see what's what. Yes. What's what's what. Uh, and also, uh, yeah, Oh, first of all, we just had a letter from Regis because he had uh, give us an illustration talking about uh, his illustration and uh, how we all say how much we like the illustration. Um, so there we go. I'm going to go to Lisa as the first letter then. Oh. Uh, because the other things were just about the illustration. My wife. Uh, so, co-host of the uh, Horse Mysteries podcast. Up yeah. to what episode now? We're up episode six, which came out this week. Do you remember what the episode's called? The Luck of the Irish. There we go. Lisa replies, I just wanted to share some fun facts about equine eyes since it came up. Number one, horses have the largest eyeballs of any land mammal. Two, horses have almost 365 degree vision, with the exception of a spot uh, five uh, feet directly in front of them. They usually have to lift their heads up to focus on that. Um, Do horses have larger eyes than an elephant? I guess they must. I don't want to call Lisa a liar, so they must. (laughs) All right. Uh, Number three. Yeah, elephants have pretty small eyes, actually, for their size. Horses have uh, different uh, numbers of rods and cones in their eyes compared to humans. Uh, So see colors differently. Yellow is the brightest. And also have exceptional night vision. For your question about seahorses, I think horses would just be curious if they could see them all in the water. Not sure how their eyes work when you add a refraction in. Horses usually don't know uh, what they look like and are confused when they look in mirrors. Some get aggressive and want to fight, but only rarely. 
Most horses are petrified of donkeys and mules, even though they're in the horse family, unless they live with the donkey or mule, in which case they get used to them. <laughs> and that is from the sitcom Three's Horse Company. No, it's not. <laughs> Regarding the questions of the week, number one. Two, I think it's from Two Horse for Comfort. Oh, that's much better. Number one, travel. <laughs> Every time uh, I uh, travel, it's because of something I've read in a book. Or seen in a movie. Every time I go to the UK, we visit different cathedrals. My first two years of art history, folks done a lot of these structures, have ticked a lot off my list, but many still to go. Uh, number two, about being a mentor. Probably for me, that would be a lady called Mrs. Jackie uh, Oldham. Uh, she kind of took me under my wing, uh, advised me, or her wing, advised me, encouraged me, and generally helped uh, to direct me to be the horse person I am today. There were lots of other people who did that as well. For instance, my mother. But when you're a teenager, no one wants to listen to their mother. <laughs> L-O-L. Uh, which I mean, I guess means lots of love. Uh, bad vacay. Well, I had a terrible flight one time that left Vancouver at the crack of dawn. We then flew to Edmonton, then Saskatoon, then Ottawa, where we changed planes. Oh, boy. Then to Montreal, where we had to disembark uh, and were delayed due to a lightning storm. And then, finally, we arrived at our destination of Fredericton, New Brunswick, still in Canada. But it took just under 24 hours to get across the country. And the airport is so small, the car rental place had closed. Fortunately, one company knew uh, of the delay, so stayed open. But it wasn't our company. And they gave a us a car anyway, which had just been returned. So uh, we had to come back to the airport the next day to change it over. Two of the girls I was traveling with had also lost their luggage. So we had to go uh, back to the airport anyway. Long story short, we went to the airport that day, next day, traded cars, got our luggage, then went out to the competition. I was the coach of the BC team competing in a horse show there. Unfortunately, in all the shuffling around, I had misplaced my return ticket, thinking I could just buy a ticket home for myself at half the price. Boy, was I shocked to learn that it was going to cost me an arm and a leg to get back. Fortunately, my ticket eventually surfaced. Our, our trip itself was great, but that was a crazy and exhausting 48 hours or so. Hmm. That did sound like a... That sounded like a John Hughes movie. She also got to have some lobster there. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The lobster was on the same plane. <laughs> Hello, lobster. Yeah, I remember that was always the uh, the joke about having lobster here. It's like... Uh, it's just like, why is this... Uh, you know, you flew over here from uh, the east and they... Uh, it was so cheap there, and now I'm having lobster here, and it's costing this amount. And the guy goes, yeah, it took the same flight you did. <laughs> it might have. Okay. Uh, Louise, our friend Louise, who I had tea with recently, Hello, Louise. Uh, said, I too read that, uh, oh, we were talking about The Bear, the famous Canadian book. The ah, Bear. the book The Bear. Uh, I too read that Ursine Human Relationship Positive Work Bear by Canadian author uh, Marion Engel. Like the great Gatsby, Bear had the virtue of being short, which is probably why many people have actually read it instead of just pretending they did. I think that's where I learned that bears uh, have an actual bone in their boners. Thank you, <laughs> Vancouver Public Library. I don't want to deter anyone's salacious interest in reading it by suggesting it's actually a literary uh, allegory for getting in touch with your natural feminine self. But it's interesting to note that Pixar's latest offering, Turning Red, also had a bear-related theme about embracing your wild side, and it too is set in Canada. So there, there you go. go. There you go. 
I once saw Beach. Oh, we talked about uh, Beachcombers and uh, uh, this actor. I once saw Beachcombers actor Robert Clothier on a ferry when I was returning home from Girl Guide Camp on the Sunshine Coast. He was sporting his unshaven relic look and was signing autographs for kids. I noticed he signed his character's name rather than his own name, which probably spared him for having to explain the difference between a TV role and the person playing it. He was a good theater actor as well. I saw him in several plays at the Vancouver Playhouse doing serious dramas like The Crucible and Seneca's uh, Oedipus, uh, a place I traveled to after reading about it in novels, Versailles. Oh, very nice. I was in Paris anyway. So it was worth the side trip to see the opulent decor and the extensive gardens and to imagine all the historical drama and intrigue that happened there in the past. Yeah, it's a pretty easy train trip from Paris to Versailles. Mm. Like, really easy. and Not even a 500-meter walk from the... Well, maybe a bit longer, but it seems very short walk from the train yeah, station we're, to um, the we're, uh, palace. And, and it looks like you're probably coming as well. Uh, to Belgium uh, this uh, fall... And uh, part of that will be uh, a train trip to uh, Paris, because why not? I'll be uh, putting in my uh, request for vacation time this week, next week. So. And please do it in French, so they'll know you're serious. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Uh, yeah, tell them you have to wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> uh, wee. Edward Dragansky writes, a few items before answering questions. Very good. Let's get our oh, items in order. Oh, <laughs> items in order. Let's shovel these items Following around. Following okay, rules of orders. Right, so right, down. I'll uh, <laughs> call these meetings call order. <laughs> second the motion. I'll second the motion. All right. Motion carried. Motion and carried. here we go. Should we do the minutes from the last meeting? All right. Let's go. There were 60 seconds in each of them. <laughs> Very good. I'll All second right. that Robert's, as well. Uh, Robert's rules of order. Robert, what do you order? Ham sandwich on rye. Ah, uh, that seems like a bit of a hack comedy premise there. Okay, second that premise, and motion carried. Punchline is delivered. Sold American. Um, <laughs> Sold American. Uh, congratulations on your recognition on the recognition you deserve at work, Dave. Oh, thank you. It's always good to receive praise from your superiors, especially when you're oh, not expecting it. You think they're better than me, do you? Yep. Well done, sir. <laughs> Pat's Dave on the back. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, we talked about Flip Wilson. Here is one more Flip Wilson catchphrase. Here comes the judge. Ah. Now, my question about that, Edward, is like I was familiar with Here Comes the Judge from Laugh-In. Not that I was around when I was originally there. But <laughs> Laugh-In because Sammy Davis Jr. would do the Here Comes the Judge mm-hmm. and he would dress as a judge. Yeah. So who came up with Here Comes the Judge? And when did the song Here Comes the Judge come out? Come there out? you go. Remember that one? He was great to watch. I'm glad one of you is watching Severance. I am. I just watched the season finale last night. And oh boy. Good job. Good job, show. Uh, I'm the- currently not paying for the... Uh- okay. Well, one day you will and one day you'll enjoy it. By the time I hear you read this on the podcast, the first season will be over and I'll be in a show hole. I recommend this show so highly. I don't remember looking forward to a weekly show so much. Maybe The Mandalorian lost Game of Thrones? Uh, For me, it was probably Legion. Uh, When I heard the song English Roundabout play, some bells went off in my head a little. It seems I've been listening to another British band who has a song uh, with the word roundabout in its title. The Skeleton and the Roundabout by the Idle Race. Oh, yeah. Now, Dave, mm-hmm. when you were educating us during listening party, <laughs> educating. did you ever mention or reference the Idle Race when playing uh, Toy Town Psych Music? 
In a corkscrew descent down the music rabbit hole, I've discovered the idol race and Jeff Lynne's involvement in the band for the very first time. You may remember my enjoyment uh, of the late 60s psych music during Listening Party, and I can't remember <laughs> you mentioning Lynne in Idol Race, just the move. Yeah. Finding these songs on Apple Music is like a gold mine. <laughs> I was wondering uh, what your take on the Idol Race, particularly the earlier stuff is. The later work gets a little folksy, traditional rock after Lynne left, but the 66 to 70 sound is like the Beatles and ELO had a baby. Your thoughts, sir? I think they're pretty okay. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there's, some, there's some songs I like by them, but uh, I don't know. They always felt kind of like the move late to me. So There we are. They were a fellow Birmingham band. That's why Shot Jeff, you down hard That's there. why Jeff Lynne. Oh, uh, you put your soul out there and then uh, <laughs> Kiki McGee. There's songs, there's songs uh, I love by them. There's songs I like by a lot. Right, there's right, one song I can't... Let me let me let me look up. I have it in my notes. Okay, while you do that, I have it in my song notes here. All right, you, you, Dave, you, you, for a while, and that'll let me get some more water. I'll okay, yeah, get some more water. And let me just look up in my. I I keep I keep notes of songs that I like that are possible for mixes, and I'm pretty sure I have one on here by the Idle Race. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. There we go. Hurry up, John. The Idle Race. That's that's my favorite song by them. By the Med. I'm sure you know that one. And if you don't, give it a listen. Because it's really good. It's so good that I would consider putting it on a mixtape. There you go. I, Ian's gone now. Let me just say while he's gone that uh, Here Comes the Judge, the song I know is by Shorty Long, and it came out in 1968. But apparently it was inspired by the uh, bit on the bit that was on Laugh-In that was not done by Sammy Davis Jr., as as Ian said, but by a guy named Pig Meat Markham, who also had a song out called Here Comes the Judge that came out two weeks after Shorty Long's. But there are different songs. So there you go. That's all I'm going to say about that. And uh, when Ian comes back, no one need tell him that he was wrong about Sammy Davis Jr. being the person doing Here Comes the Judge on Rona Martin's Laugh-In. Although he may have done it later on as a kind of a, a recall to the original bit by Pigmeat. And by the way, what a name. I know, I'm just joking. I'm sure it wasn't his real name. But uh, his comedy name. Anyway, hello. Hello. You're back. All right. Did, did you, were you... Were you cool? Everything cool? Yeah, everything's fine. You and Edward? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. All right, cool. I did a little bit about Here Comes a Judge. Nice. And I talked about my favorite Idle Rice song. Excellent. How was there never a chocolate bar called Here Comes the Fudge? Because you just, <laughs> you just named it. You said it. You said it, and you answered your own question. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Laurel Robertson writes, Oh, Yahoo! Ian and David. <laughs> Two copies of Sparks Future Perfect arrived in my mail yesterday. Oh. Yay! So excited. I just had, of course... You can uh, read with two hands. I had, of course, pre-ordered ages ago, uh, as all of us good sneakers did. And at long last, already I'm loving it. Beautifully done. Thank you so much. Well, thanks. Uh, very, we're, we're proud of it. We're happy with it. And uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, or enjoying it so far. Let us know how you what you think about the ending. Uh, another, unless you're reading it backwards, in which case, let us know what you think about the front. Uh, another joy this week was having a chance to view the Saint uh, Star James Watson Daffodil in Chris Roberts' photos. What a delicate little treasure! A true beauty, Chris. Oh, you mean Chris or the flower? Anyway, uh, so uh, it did bloom again this season. Weren't you uh, so delighted to see it sprout and open up again? I am so fond of daffodils whose petals flare backwards as if they were tiny fairy wings. I wonder, uh, will star James Watson multiply as others daffs do? 
Is that a tiny new one next to the larger? Thank you, Chris, so much for the photographs. And Chris, I'm trying hard to be very nice, uh, not an evil grandmother. <laughs> you know, Lisa learned something about daffodils that she didn't know. What's that? And she loves daffodils. Is that um, you don't cut them down. Like, don't cut the green down. You, you uh, deadhead them, but you leave the stalk. Okay. Because that provides the nutrients to the bulb. Oh. And if you cut the green away, then you will kill the bulb. Oh, uh-huh. all right. There we go. She didn't know that. Good she, tip. She's not like she's not like a you know professional gardener or anything. So she's not you know yeah bulb head. She's not <laughs> she's not bulbous. Yeah. Oh, anything there? Um, <laughs> she question, was not. No, no, I'm not. Well, I'm not saying she. Jesus, what are you doing? <laughs> Have your own conversation over there. <laughs> bringing up stuff like that. <laughs> Trying to run a podcast here. We got a question to read. All right. Question number one. Uh, this is from Laurel. Response. Yes. Uh, once on a north uh, trip north uh, for a vacation in Maine, when my family and I lived in the Florida Keys, we had to take a slight detour onto St. Uh, Simon's Island on the coast of Georgia. An author, uh, hmm. Eugenia Price, lived there many years with her partner, and many of the historical novels I read of hers in the 20s were set on the island among the live oaks and marshes. It was just as In she- her 20s. Uh, many of the historical novels I read of hers in my 20s, that's right, were set on the island among the live uh, oaks and marshes. Apologies. It was just as she had described. What? Yeah. Uh, Question number two. Mm -hmm. I had a mentor for several years in an older uh, uh, beekeeper named Howard Blackburn, who took me under his wings, so to speak. This (laughs) is the second time we've heard this. Uh, when When first I was studying beekeeping. He needed the help uh, in his bee yards, a.k.a. apiaries, as he was elderly, and he worked me pretty hard. But, of course, the experience and the hours we spent together were invaluable. We got lots of stings. He especially appreciated the time I got stung inside a nostril and had a lot of laughs. He's passed away now, several years but when he was inducted posthumously into the Regional Agriculture Hall of Fame, I was honored to be one of the speakers at the ceremony. Oh, that's nice. That's very sweet. Uh, question number three. Bad vacation? Just once when I won a little trip to the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas. As soon as husband and I arrived in our suite, we turned on the TV to relax a minute and learnt that a hurricane was headed for the Bahamas <laughs> and the Keys oh, no. from whence we had come. Oh, dear. We had to change our flight home and left the very next night, uh, the last flight out uh, flight out of Nassau. Uh, the trip home was crazy and complicated, but as many of these vacation disasters do, it made for a good comic story. Have a great week, all, as we enjoy our new sparks. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. And now, uh, Regis. Oh, Yay. Regis. All right. Here we go, because we were talking about video game consoles. So, there you go. That's where this begins. Consoles, that's the beginning of my demise and the start uh, of the end world. (laughs) At the start of the 80s, my mother bought a Pong console, which had a gun too. You shot squares on your black and white TV. According to the packaging, I think they were meant to be ducks. Oh, so envious of you back then. (laughs) Then a few months later, I dreamed to have an Atari VCS 2600, the wonder of wonders. My friends had ColecoVisions or Intellivisions, the gold one with the pad. But as a hint, one of those friends had a die computer, or maybe his father. They were quite wealthy. My mother toyed with the idea of buying a Vectrex, because uh, we liked the practicality and the vectorial graphics were so futuristic. I gotta look that up. Yeah. Uh, I do like vector graphics. 
Then as I was lobbying to have the Atari. So, can I interrupt? Is that what you'd get like with a Commodore? What's would that? That be vector graphics. No, so vector graphics would be like um, uh, like asteroids. Is oh, done with vector graphics. Okay. Or Tempest. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, then, as I was lobbying to uh, really have the Atari one for my birthday around 1982 or 83, my father-in-law uh, said to me that I should really ask for a computer instead because it was the future. Yeah, my future. <laughs> I tried to put tractors between me and the future, but it hasn't worked out my way. I was really into Atari because I mean, uh, ta, re, duh. <laughs> so I got an Atari VCS years later in my 20s just for fun. I don't know uh, if I plugged it in to test it. But in the meantime, for my birthday, I got an Atari 800. Oh, brother, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> I'm, I'm now, and now I'm a computer engineer. I'm collaborating uh, to the rise of the Terminator. What a demise for me and for the entire world, I told you. Yeah, I'll just spin off to just say my story quick. Yeah, my dad got an Atari 400, which uh, I would write, like, scripts on, and, uh, and and it had, like, you know, it could play Atari games, which was great. Like, just Atari games for the computer, but they were they were better-level Atari games than the standard Atari system. Basically, you had the Atari, which was the 2600, and then you had the Atari that was the 5200. The 5200 played better games than the other one. Uh, that was the level <laughs> of games you could play on the computer. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, the Atari 400 and then later the 800. Whew, spent so much time on those. Uh, as for the first question, uh, no, not really. But I went to the beach uh, of the uh, Tati movie, Mr. Hulot, because the parent of one of my girlfriends lived nearby. I think you can't really go to places which are in motion pictures. You just go to a lesser version of it, uh, just the real thing, but not the real thing. Yeah, that's right. Or true. even worse, the action is in Paris, but the scene was shot in Budapest. So where are you going to go? <laughs> Maybe my mentors were the two farmers, the brother of my aunt, because they made my dream come true, driving a tractor. And they trust me in my capabilities to do so. I was 13 or 14, I think. Hmm. Uh, okay, bad yes. vacation. Uh, like the complete vacation? Don't think so. Strange bed and breakfast, yeah. But otherwise, as long as you spend your vacation driving tractors, you're covered. <laughs> you're like a Harvey character. <laughs> it's like little tractor. And it's like all the stories are involved, like, you know, finding a tractor, driving a tractor. All the problems are solved by tractors. Yeah. It's great. Uh, as I always say, keep on tractoring or keep on sneaking if you don't have a tractor at hand. <laughs> Nice. We return now to Edward Dragansky, already in progress. (laughs) Somewhere in the early 90s, my friend Brian and I drove from Dallas to Chicago, Chicago, on this massive road trip. We took it really slow, stopping to see sights. I never had a chance to see uh, while driving to Chicago with my family. One of the places we stopped was Chester, Illinois, the birthplace of Popeye the Sailor. There was a statue in a book I had about Popeye, so we stopped in Chester and found the Cigar Memorial Park and the not-so-large Popeye statue, (laughs) which was close, but no cigar. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, What I remember being equally interesting was that the park overlooks the Mississippi River, and you can see the Missouri state line over the river. If you look north down the riverbank, you could also see the massive uh, Menard Correctional Center, a maximum security prison. The prison is built on the elevated banks of the Mississippi to deter escape from within, along with signs everywhere alerting victim, uh, visitors to not pick up hitchhikers. Cartoon sailors and escaped convicts were both checked off my list that day. <laughs> uh, the rest of the trip to Chicago with my friend answers the bad uh, trip experience question. 
my friend Brian is not a fan of urban surroundings. Uh, if uh, he had his way, he'd retire someplace like Mayberry. Trying to show Brian the sights of Chicago just fell flat. He just disliked the entire experience. I spend my trips to Chicago going downtown to the museums and city hiking all over the loop. Brian wanted none of that, so we laid low in the suburbs most of the time. My family and everyone else uh, also rubbed Brian the wrong way just by how they spoke. At one point, Brian asked me why everyone sounded like they were trying to pick a fight with him. I assured him they weren't. It's just the way everyone talks in Chicago. The uh, bears. I wasn't trying to change uh, Brian, but it was this trip that made me realize my friend is, and always will be, a good-natured country boy from Texas. <laughs> Uh, who did not like the bears <laughs> professionally i have three strong i uh, wonder if you would like the book the bear. <laughs> professionally i have three strong mentors in my life and i'm still in contact with all of them the first is eric uh, ligon who was my first creative director at dr pepper eric took great dr. care pepper. of me when i started and taught me uh, many of the finer points of design and type that i lacked from my education having studied uh, design at pratt in New York City, and became an educator at heart. Eric uh, left Dr. Pepper to become the Dean of Visual Arts and Design Department at the University of North Texas, my alma mater. Hmm. The last time I visited Eric in Denton, I introduced him to my son, who now attends uh, UNT and will graduate in May. Oh, congratulations. Yes. Uh, my second mentor is Frank uh, Krapatis, who I worked closely with uh, at my later years at Dr. Pepper. Uh, so he's a pepper? And you're a pepper. Yeah. They're a pepper? Yeah. Are we a pepper? We're a pepper, too. Okay. Frank comes from the old days of advertising and worked at some of the legendary New York agencies, like Ogilvy and Mather and Doyle Dane Birnbach, and he looked just like <laughs> Frank Zappa. Uh, his wow. stories... What's that? I said, wow. Well, yeah. Uh, his stories are uh, many, and our collaboration is endless, as we still help each other through some design hurdles. Frank is retired now, lives less than 10 miles away, and we talk at least once a week. He's having colon cancer surgery soon, so let's all say a small prayer for my friend. All right. Yes, indeed. Get well uh, very, very soon, yeah. uh, Frank. Take care. Uh, our thoughts are with you. Uh, third and not least is Keith Wilson, my senior art director from the last agency I worked at, TikTok. Uh, Keith was previously uh, a comics illustrator and cover editor at DC Comics in New York. Oh, nice. This came with many stories about the DC Comics staff from the late 80s, like how much Gil Kane enjoyed strip clubs. Mm. <laughs> he was a master of up-the-nose shots. Yes, and also apparently he was really into setting anatomy. <whistles> I do like a Gil Kane. Me too. Um, my ma I was I'm trying to remember the uh, author I was, I was, I was reading about. This week, he was saying, like, you know, uh, when he he will often write in his stories, give me a Gil Kane punch. <laughs> such, a, such a good punch. Uh, the main thing I learned from Keith was how to treat others and act in a kind, professional manner that earned you respect. Uh, Keith was a gentle, uh, was a gentle yet powerhouse creative who knew how to get results just by listening and treating everyone uh, equally. He will leave this world with zero enemies behind. I'm still in, uh, I'm still invited to his home to watch monster movies all night long. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. I'm keeping an eye out for the new Sparks book down here. When I see it for sale, I'll buy it and send you guys a photo. I'm sneaking out for now. Be well, fellow sneakers and sneakerettes. <laughs> nice. uh, sneakettes. Um, please, a, uh, please send us a photo. Something I don't know if we've ever brought up on this, and why would we? But, Edward, do you know the podcast uh, uh, Under the Influence? 
Are you familiar with that podcast? It's a Canadian podcast. It's about the advertising industry. And I think if you do not know it, I think you would like it a lot. I am, I'm <laughs> it's often... a very good show. I have not listened to the more recent stuff, but uh, the original uh, episodes or the earlier episodes, yeah. I really enjoyed those. It still, it still uh, it delivers. Mm. It still delivers. But yeah, it's, uh, it's stories about advertising. And I'm going to recommend this podcast to anybody. It's just very, very entertaining. Yeah, it's very good. And it's snappy. Snappy. So it's called Under the Influence, and it's CBC Radio Podcast. Um, and I'm always reminded of uh, of that podcast when you're telling us stories about the advertising world. Uh, Mick writes, hey, gents. Hello, Mick. Funny to hear you reference the Paul Hogan Shrimp on the Bobby <laughs> Australian tourism campaign. Even after almost 40 years later, it first aired in 84. It is still the dominant pop culture reference for Australia. Sorry to bust some myths, but Australians don't say shrimp. Yeah, we do induce, indeed say prawn. But the campaign was developed for the U.S. market, where it was felt by the U.S. ad agency N.W. Air that prawn was too confusing. <laughs> also, we don't barbecue prawns or shrimp, sausages, steaks, onions, even burger patties. Yes, but I have rarely have ever encountered seafood being barbecued here. <laughs> But the campaign was so impactful that it still resonates four decades on. Most Australians have just come to accept it, though there's a whole generation younger than me who have literally no idea what the reference is to. Ian, on your question of Gargamel. Oh, good. (laughs) I always uh, assumed he wanted to eat the Smurfs. But to be honest, I have always found his cat, Asriel, I think, uh, a more significant threat. I did like Hank Azaria's live-action take on Gargamel in the films. Yes, he was very good. As far as mentors go, I've been lucky to have had a few uh, great ones in my career, though I never actively realized at the time that they were mentoring me. Ah, that's a sign of a good mentor. Uh, They were mostly just good managers or bosses that encouraged me to undertake tasks that I would not have considered myself qualified for. That's what Dave does now. He's a boss kind of guy. (laughs) I think this is the definition of a mentor. Bossy. It is someone who uh, shows you the path but doesn't uh, tell you how to walk it. Just that you can walk it. Whereas I've had bosses and managers whose default position was to tell you exactly how you should do things. And all was their way. So that you always felt you were less qualified or capable than them. So don't do that, Dave. Don't do that. <laughs> don't okay. do that. I've had the opportunity to mentor people uh, in my career, in my later career. And there's nothing more exciting and satisfying than seeing them succeed, uh, exceed your own achievements uh, once you've set them on their path. Uh, some still call me for guidance or suggestions, and I'm always flattered to have my counsel sought, even uh, though they have long since become more skilled than me. Some call him the space cowboy as well. (laughs) I've had a few vacation shockers, worst of which was when I got run over by a cyclist in India, landed in a puddle of mud, and then developed chronic food poisoning and ended up in the hospital. Yikes. Good times. Gargamel. Jonathan Bampton wrote a letter. He also won some shit. Um, <laughs> hi, Davian. Twice. He's calling us Davian. That's our name. Now. Davian. <laughs> it's a, a portmanteau. It's all for you, Davian. <laughs> Mix right. Uh, nobody barbecues seafood here. I saw someone in Darwin uh, throw a Barra Monday on the outside grill once, and there were Snickers all around. <laughs> It's a shame that the ad men... What a faux pas. 
It's a shame that the admin didn't have the confidence to use local terminology and second-guess themselves with shrimp. Then again, maybe uh, the word shrimp just sounds funnier. Imagine that bit in Forrest Gump was all about prawn this and prawn that just does not have a ring to it. Here's what I think the whole damn idea was. They were looking for an audience. Uh, an audience. They were looking... Well, there was an audience. But they were looking for people that would not consider going to Australia. So it was like, what do you like doing at home? Well, like barbecuing. Oh, okay. Well, uh, well, there we would barbecue here. Oh, we barbecue there. That's nice. Well, what do you... Wait, what do you barbecue there? Something weird, like wallaby or something? It's like, no, 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 no. Hey, buddy. You like all-you-can-eat shrimp, right? Yeah. Check out the size of this freaking shrimp. It's so big a shrimp, we don't even really call it a shrimp. It's not a shrimp. There's no way this is a shrimp. I'm lying. This is not a shrimp. But look at the size of my shrimp. I'm like, shit, that is a big shrimp. I should probably go there if they're going to barbecue that shrimp. That's what they did. <laughs> they knew what Americans wanted. They wanted big food yeah. and cooked in a way they understood. Yeah. So we're going to put a shrimp yep. on the barbecue. Okay. <laughs> like it. All right. That's fine. <laughs> Then it's all wallaby. Um, <laughs> have you ever traveled? Wallaby to wallaby action. Question of the week with the have you traveled somewhere uh, because of uh, literature or such. I've traveled uh, to San Francisco three times en route to South America. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said that a big uh, impetus for uh, selecting this layover was not to see the filming locations of a certain film. Let's just call that film um, Phallic Problematic Cop. <laughs> Turns out it was actually a good way of seeing a lot of the city's neighborhood uh, beyond the famous bits. They were outstanding as well. Oh, Jonathan, don't be so modest and promote your show, Dirty Harry, a minute. There we are. That's I his do podcast, it all, everyone. I do it all again. If it wasn't for those meddling kids, my two-year-olds, that is. <laughs> I also once uh, made a fleeting one-day visit to Liverpool for the express purpose of seeing some of the basic Beatles sites. I took uh, some or other of the Beatles tours, but in retrospect, I uh, wish that I'd navigated a route for myself and gone by foot or bus. I'd love to have done one of those tours that actually goes into Paul's uh, Fort Lynn Avenue home. Uh, that would have been the Holy Grail. Hmm. Or seeing incognito, unaccompanied Bob Dylan jump on and off a motorized yellow submarine. One day, I need to get my arse to Toronto to see the Degrassi Junior High sites before they are gone forever. Uh, Neil Hope forever! Do not get that reference. I don't get it either. I do get the Junior High one, though. And finally, finally. on the web, oh, page. Page? Sarah Walsh. Oh, Sarah. Refreshing way to end. Yes. Lost Straight Jackets. Mm. That's the name of the band, the Luchador Masks, who sometimes play with a uh, uh, band in the Luchador Masks, who sometimes yeah. play with Niccolo. Yes, that's correct. Sorry, I can't remember the name. Perhaps unexpectedly, they're actually from Nashville. That is unexpected. That is unexpected because they do like surf instrumentals. I'm glad we warmed up before this because that's quite the twist. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. I know one of them uh, through my friend and bandmate Doug, the guy who played the awesome lead guitar on my song Hedy's Moon, mm. who was also a big fan of surf rock and guitar instrumentals. In fact, we play a few of their uh, instros in our band The Sea Hunters, Isn't Love uh, Grand, and Aerostar. Perhaps others I'm forgetting, and sometimes I get to play the drums on Half a Boy and Half a Man, done in the low straitjacket style. <laughs> They also have some Christmas albums out uh, where they play uh, surfy versions of holiday songs melded together with popular surf tunes. 
They've become one of my favorite things to listen to during the holiday season. And this concludes my raving recommendation of Lost Straight Jackets. <laughs> but still, there's more. Oh. Speaking of raving recommendations, Sparks Future Perfect was wonderful. It actually legitimately made me tear up a few times, as well as being uh, good uh, for quite a few big laughs. I love the names of the horses. Lisa, of course. And am I right in thinking Harris and Archie are names of David and Lisa's actual horses? Well, that is a horse mystery. <laughs> Let's see if we can solve it. David? That is true. Harris's, well, I'll say it's actually Eve's pony. Harris is Eve's pony, and then Archie is Lisa's horse. Those names seem very familiar. Ferocious <laughs> monster Charlie with the red eyes and a million claws and teeth cracked me up. I also love the rougher drawing car coloring style when Kip was telling his story. Very clever. I'll leave the rest of my favorite parts out as they'd qualify as spoilers. I'm going to just tell you really quick that Kip was named after uh, my grandparents, Budgie. <laughs> and I have a, a little kind of credenza uh, upstairs with my grandparents. And uh, there still is a uh, little uh, parts uh, missing from where Kip just like tipped <laughs> at it with his little beak. All right. Uh, I'm going to leave the rest of uh, my favorite parts out as they qualify as spoilers, especially most of the parts that made me teary. Hmm. But if any sneakers are on the fence about Sparks, just do it. I think that is the first use of that expression to advertise anything. Just do it. So we're <laughs> going to take that now. And we're going to make that our own. Sparks, just do it. <laughs> I'm going to put that on shirts. Sure. I have, a, I have an idea for when. Do you want to hear it? What's that? Sparks, no fear. Nice. I'm yeah. going to do Sparks. Um, McDonald's. <laughs> Wait, eat a Big Mac. <laughs> the famous. Wait, the famous has anyone one. Used that before? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think any restaurants used it. Okay. <laughs> there we are. So those were uh, the web uh, things. Do we have any uh, letters? No, uh, no letters the... this week. Very uh, good. John Halbrooks is uh, is uh, absent without leave. I think, believe he is still doing his conference where he's presenting a paper. We hope that went well, John. Okay. So, uh, he will report it next week, I'm sure, with more of our Backwards Dragon Project updates. So, uh, we need a question of the week. And we do. I, I got a little something here, but did, did you like bring uh, something? No, I, I have nothing right now. Okay. Well, because you have nothing because you're working so hard at work. So, what I'm going to ask <laughs> yeah. is a uh, two part question. Sure. What was your uh, best mm. and worst work environment? Can those be two different questions? Sure. What's your best work environment? What's your worst work environment? Yeah. My worst work environment was probably when uh, I was working at a comic store, which I did like working. Okay, here. It was almost both. Working at a comic store, that was one of the best work environments. <laughs> the worst part was when my boss wanted me to help him with his cult that he was starting <laughs> next door. And he was like, hey, listen, if any mums show up, uh, you know, and they're uh, bored because uh, they've got their kids there, uh, just send them our way. Just send them into the, yeah, well, they'll talk to them. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, that was the worst. But the other part was kind of the best. Kind of then. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, everyone, answer those questions. Best job. Worst job. And that doesn't have to be like, does it have to be like an actual job? Yeah, I guess it have to be an actual job. Actual jobs, everyone. Not, not. Work environment. Yeah, I'm going work environment. Like, place to work. That you oh, okay. Worked, yeah. that, the best work environment and yeah, the worst work environment. I'd say work, work environment. Oh, okay. Place to work. Place to work. Best place to work, worst place to work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So, look. Hey, 
Here's the thing. You know you know how all this goes down, right? You know how to contact us. You go to SneakyDragon.com. That's the webpage. Is that what you do? You know exactly what to do. Don't even start. <laughs> and you're like, look, before I tell you something as basic as you can post underneath this episode and leave a message, I mean, you, you're going to know that. But hey, look, have you recently seen uh, seen any of Dave's art that he's done there? Like any of his like title thing? He started doing them again a little bit. But you can check out like all of Dave's uh, title cards there under the art uh, segment there. And hey, you're like, hey, would that make a shirt? Yeah, most of them would make shirts. <laughs> Will you guys make a shirt? Yeah, we'll make a shirt out of things. We've yeah. recently been like looking at them going like, hey, that'd make a good shirt. And thinking we should make shirts for ourselves. And I thought, wait a second, this was part of our business model. <laughs> we should keep doing this. So uh, sure. listen, if there's any of our title uh, cards that you're like, I like that as a shirt, let us know and maybe we'll make a shirt. We'll see. Yeah. You know, and we'll send you the shirt. You know, you pay for it, paid money for it. We're not <laughs> giving you free clothes. We're not your parents. But, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. Why not? Sure. Um, other ways to contact us are Facebook. That's where Sneaky Dragon is as well. Uh, you can also go to Twitter, Sneaky underscore Dragon. You can go uh, Tumblr, Sneaky uh, uh, com, Or you can uh, email us at SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com, SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. As we have been saying through this episode, could we let you know more that we have a new book out? <laughs> and it is so critically important that the sales reach an epic high during the early weeks. Why? Because we've got gambling debts. <laughs> we need to pay them off. Yes. And so here's the name of the book. We put Sparks. a lot of money into NFTs. Future. Yeah. Don't make us do NFTs. Let me tell you something. I'll tell you something for free. Okay, me? Yeah. Okay. And our listeners oh, at the okay. same time. They can listen as well. Sure, if they want. I've been offered like two jobs recently that were both NFT jobs. Yeah. And I've said no because I like the world and the environment and <laughs> I'm not doing it. But I. Sure. But look, man, I got a real book that's out here that's yeah. totally fungible. Yeah. And uh, it's buyable. So let me say, please buy this book. Uh, it's called Sparks. Uh, future perfect, as in like a cat goes purr. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Nice. Uh, and it's a story about uh, two cats that dress up as a dog. Uh, normally they save the world. This time they go on vacation. What happens on vacation? Stays <laughs> on vacation. Unless you buy the book. In which case you can see what happens. All the hot action that goes on with these guys. <laughs> girls. I make, make me uncomfortable. Male and female. <laughs> one is, one isn't. Does, it's un- irrelevant because they're both fixed. <laughs> But still, there, there's a spoiler. They're both fixed. I just told you that. Nice. Anyway, uh, it's available at your local bookstores or what have you. Yeah. Or online or wherever you want to buy it. Wherever you like to buy things. Please buy the things. And it's a delight when you buy it. Um, And then there's also two other books in the series. One is called Just Straight Out Sparks. You can get that backstory if you want. Uh, And then, of course, there's Sparks Double Dog Dare. Yeah. And I wrote it. Uh, our friend uh, Nina Matsumoto, the third dragon, uh, drew it. And Dave colored every freaking thing in it with color, real colors. I did. I did. Not Although... NFT bullshit, <laughs> don't really exist digital crap, real colors. Well, that was still done digitally. Dave would go to his garden, <laughs> yeah. find the nicest flowers, and he would grind them together to make colors. Yeah. 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 And then he would take the oak, the yolks from from eggs that is chickens. Yeah, and he would blend those together. Yeah, and make the finest things. And then, and after he was done uh, painting the whole comic, we'd say we have to get this digitally. 
And he go, what? No one told me that. It's like, yeah, this is all garbage. Do it again. And then he did it all again digitally. That was great. <laughs> it was a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when I tell people, if I tell people, if I tell people that I colored a comic, and they'll be like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's really, how do you do it? And, and I would say, oh, I, would, I did it on the computer. And then their faces fall like I just told them that I cheated on a test. Yeah, because it sounds like what the computer did, it was scanned all the cats in. Yeah. And you went, and blue. <laughs> and now all the cats are blue. I know. This is, they have no idea like what the work, what you do to do it. It's just so weird. Maybe we'll do but, a video sometime. But you know what? People. No one wants to know what you do. No, no, so you try and tell them. You go like, well, actually, the way it works is then instead of looking uh, like, like you know, well, they already look bored because they found out you did it on computer. Then they're just like... <sighs> They fall asleep right in front of you, you know, standing there. say they don't want to know how the sausage is made, but I'm going to say this. Go to YouTube, enter how the sausage is made. <laughs> see how many videos? Hundreds of thousands. They do want to see how the sausage is made. So we'll uh, show them something. Search for two girls, one sausage. <laughs> Yee. <laughs> anyway, thanks so anyhow, much for listening. Anyhow, anyhow, anyways. <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> This has been, oh boy, this has been another podcast by two guys. (laughs) Enjoy them while they still exist. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Stay, stay healthy, everybody. (laughs) 